Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It is Thursday. This is August 18, 2011. Time for Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode this 331. no agenda. <laughs> I got a couple of hands missing here. That's my no problem. Reporting from the front lines of Gitmo Nation from the Four Winds 5000 Crackpot Command Center in the Empire State, and from the Curry Greg Homestead in Armonk in the great state of New York. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And here in northern Silicon Valley, California, where it's safer. And from the Buzzkill Bunker, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn Buzzkill. In the morning. I apologize. Uh, my hands got crossed. I don't have my normal uh, jingle set Yeah, I noticed so. the, hit it, uh, the hit it lag time was at a max. Yeah, yeah, we have uh, major laggage on the hitage. Uh, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, Adam, and all ships at sea and boots on the ground and feet in the air. And, of course, all of our human resources in the chat room at noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com, all charged up and ready to go exactly the way their government loves them so that they can be sucked dry of all of their resources, which starts at about $9.2 million at birth. So where are you at, John? You like uh, two mil? Two mil left? I probably down to next to nothing. <laughs> You've depreciated. I got ripped off somewhere <laughs> along the line. You're off the books. <laughs> so we are uh, here in uh, uh, Uncle Don and Aunt Meg's driveway in uh, Armonk, New York, where we have parked... Armonk, the home of IBM. That's right. We have uh, parked the RV here for two days, little mini family reunion. My uh, Beautiful sister- area, by the way, for it people is. who want to visit. It is. If you like uh, douchebag hedge fund managers who well, seem they to all live, you know. yeah, they've bought up the entire area. Yeah. And there's a little Curry homestead which has been in our family since 1929. You know why IBM is in Armonk? It used to be headquartered in New York City. Um, for the quality of living? Wrong. Oh. A bombs. Come again? They were worried sick in the 50s. Oh, that, I that, do remember that. That, were, yeah. that New York was going to get bombed by the Russians. Yeah, and this would and be a so, good hideout. <laughs> and they decided that they did a bunch of research to, to figure out what's the safest place in the country to be in case of a uh, nuclear war. And Armonk is you're it? right there. Armonk is it? How can that be the safest place in case of a nuclear war? That's what they decided at the time, and they moved the headquarters to Armonk. Oh. They figured they're just going to decimate New York, Washington D.C., and God knows where else. And uh, Armonk somehow is going to survive it. Like maybe the wind patterns for radi- radioactive, radioactive fallout. I'm not sorry. sure. Sorry about okay. that. A misfire. Yeah. Well, anyway, we are here. A little mini uh, family reunion. My sister and uh, her, oh, husband, her husband. Yeah, and no Tiffany actually. Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany. She's not a donor. <laughs> she's a she's a complete boner. She doesn't like anything about what I do. It's like, ah, whatever, internet. Ah. She doesn't want to know. Uh, and her, her, their son uh, was uh, 12, I believe, and they're on their way there. So they flew over. They're on their way to uh, Orlando uh, to go uh, visit the parks and uh, have a little vacation. So it was cool. They stopped here. My cousin Lucy, my favorite cousin, uh, her daughter, who is now 23, and her roommate, they're just moving into, into New York. And, of course, uh, Don and Meg. It's been great. So and wait a minute! You're telling me that the Hot Pockets Tour 2008 was just a big scam, so you can meet just up to with get the here. Pelican? That's the only reason why. <laughs> it was also an intelligence gathering mission for me, John. Trust me, I've asked plenty of questions. Okay, my favorite? No, no. Uh, and I mean, I, I, obviously, I'm not going to talk about what we discussed here at the family, but I did throw one out just to see what the response would be. 
And I said, uh, actually, Don said, uh, what do you think about the whole Murdoch thing? The phone hacking. And so I laid into it first, like, well, you know, it's funny how the press jumps on that, but uh, doesn't care about Americans' phones being tapped and tracked and the FISA and Patriot Act. And I said, but uh, our assertion on the show is pretty much this is MI6 versus CIA. Dude, he didn't he didn't flinch, didn't move a muscle, just like nothing. <laughs> and then, yeah, MI6 hasn't been doing too good lately. Yeah, well, that's what it sounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's exactly. our theory, and that's, exactly. we're sticking to we're it. sticking to that theory. Absolutely. So, a couple of uh, you know, I was uh, watching um, Lucy Napolitano's. God, my, my family's not going to understand this show. Uh, <laughs> watching Lucy's show. I can't believe that they haven't been listening all along. Yeah. I'm so stunned by this. Yeah, Willow really, has. Really? Yeah, well, yeah, well, Willow has a commute. Oh, yeah. Well. So Lucy uh, introduced her say something, See Something, Say Something campaign, which, by the way, on the drive down from Boston, all of the highway signs have this uh, portrayed nicely. You know, the, uh, the electronic signs. See something, say something. It's all right there. Probably uh, in, in honor of the kickoff of the campaign. If you see something, say something. Licensed by the, who was it? New York MTA? Yeah. And so she kicked that off, and uh, so I'm watching this, and it was unbelievable, because they were at the uh, Chamber of Commerce, and they had, uh, who else were there? Former, uh, the two previous secretary uh, secretaries of Homeland Security, which would be Chertoff and Ridge. Who both, of course, are now um, selling stuff to the department. Yeah, they're of selling Security. scanners that don't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm watching that, and actually, I only got one clip from it, which is worth it, just to uh, hear about the special relationship that they have. Uh, Governor Ridge, Secretary Chertoff, myself, uh, we oh, share. God, she a... just sounds so glib. Oh, and she, and and she's smiling while she's doing this. She's like. Smiling because she talks about their special relationship. Special bond. Oh, I'm sorry. Special bond. Because, of course, uh, let me think. Why is that? Oh, yeah, we're buying your stuff. And uh, listen, to, now, now she's going to get all hip on us all of a sudden. Check it. Uh, I think uh, uh, in, in terms of uh, the, the multi-mission uh, aspect of, of the department and building the, the department uh, even as we deal with uh, everything from natural disasters to uh, terrorism to uh, other uh, sorts of man-caused disasters. So uh, we run the gamut. We have uh, multiple missions uh, it, it is uh, the now the third largest department of the federal government. By the way, whoa, third largest department of the government? Yeah, it's going to get bigger. It's going to so, be the largest you watch. So what is it? Is it defense, state, and then Department of Homeland Security? State has got to be second. Don't you I think? I don't know. Well, Hillary's got an entire army. What's number well, two? they're all battling to see who takes over the secret police. So... <laughs> So I, I'm just thinking, what is the number two agency? If if defense is number one, what is now, number maybe th- something the chat room will know. Anyway, here it comes. Department of Homeland Security. Uh, so uh, Governor Ridge, Secretary Ridge, uh, thank you very much for your service to to the nation in this regard. Um, and I think a shout out is required. A shout out. A shout a out. Shout out. <laughs> What is she a rapper? <laughs> my name is Janet. They call me Lucy B. I do my shout-outs to you and to me. I say, hey, Tommy Ridge. Hey, Michael C. Shout-out to you. Let us all be. 
Yo, busted, we out. Crazy, huh? Shout out. That woman creeps me out. Yeah, she is. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm watching that, and then all of a sudden, we get an executive order. Came in this morning, uh, activated actually 12.01 a.m., uh, even though the president is out on his big black bus tour, uh, he somehow had time to uh, author up an executive order and uh, and get it out at 12.01 a.m., ready to rock and roll. Before you talk, say what it is, do you, like me, find that those buses are incredibly creepy? Yes. They are like the, the Matrix. So I wrote up a, a couple of complaints on Twitter about these buses. They cost the taxpayers $1.1 million. They're supposedly not. They're supposed to be used for official business, yeah, but they're being bus, used as... Per bus, by the way. Per bus. Per bus yeah. and, they're, and they're being used for a campaign, obviously. And I moaned about these buses being creepy. And some oh, the, the, it's the Secret Service bus. The Secret Service made the bus. Obama didn't make the bus. <laughs> and it's, and I'm, I'm thinking as, as if Obama had nothing to do with the specifications of this bus. You know, just whatever the Secret Service says goes. Hey, what, what brand is the bus? Bull crap. What brand They're is made in bus? Canada. That's uh, the joke of it. Thank you. A Canadian so bus. So we just throw a couple million bucks to the Canadian. We don't make buses in the USA. It's we can't buses. make a bus like this. We don't <laughs> customize buses in this country. Yeah, we can make a school hey. bus. Unbelievable. I mean, where, who makes a bus? Who's all these rock stars? Are rock, the country and western guys are driving around these buses constantly. Screw it, rock stars. Those are made in Canada. How about the RV parks? Yeah, yeah, we need. Yeah, we got all these RV companies that need help by yeah. the administration of Winnebago. Thank you know, you. these guys are going out of business, and meanwhile, they just so they send the money to Canada. Not that the Canadians aren't great people, this, but that's beside the point with this guy and his big talk and his big bus. Yeah, it's that a big bus is creepy. It's all black. It's blacked out, yeah. and it's and it's and they, 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 here's the here's the one that really cracked me up. They said, "Oh, we can't put any stickers of any sort on it, like <laughs> presidential bus or anything like that, because then people will know what it is." Yeah. This bus is, <laughs> is in an entourage of about forty cars. What? I wonder what the, who's on that bus. Who could be on that bus? You think he actually travels on the bus? Like he's got a bunk? Like he's sleeping in the bus? Must be sleeping in the bus, and there's you know. He's got one, and, and Michelle's probably got the other. She's even there. She's probably taking the 747 somewhere. She's got the one with the rims. These guys are just unbelievable. And the servos. Yeah. Anyway, so a presidential order came out, ladies and gentlemen. This is the latest ex- uh, executive order. I'm sorry. Um, and it is, of course, uh, posted nicely on WhiteHouse.gov. We appreciate uh, the techno experts there always taking care of the show. Today, President Obama called for the president of Syria, Bashar al-Assad, to step aside and took the strongest financial action against the Syrian regime, regime thus far. And uh, so, of course, you know me. And th- this happened at 8.05 that this got published. So I'm like, oh, now i got to read this thing. And it, is, it's, it boggles the mind. It refers back to two previous executive orders. Uh, I believe both signed Another by... Another time waster for you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, both signed by, I believe... President Bush, uh, W. Bush. So here's the uh, here's the pertinent uh, language that I found, and I found a little bit of history on these uh, these precise executive orders. The United States cannot and will not impose this transition upon Syria. Of course, the transition we're talking about is to a democracy. 
It is up to the Syrian people to choose their own leaders, and we have heard their strong desire that there not be foreign intervention in their movement. This is new, by the way. Did, who, who, did you see this on the news? Who, well, it just came out this morning. No, I mean, uh, have you heard about the strong desire from the Syrian leader, their own leaders, uh, not to have foreign intervention in the, or the opposition to foreign intervention in their movement? Who are we talking to? Who are these guys? I don't know. They're probably a bunch of uh, radicals. They have another transnational... uh, Probably a bunch of Iranians, for all we know. What the United States will support in an effort to bring about a Syria that is a democratic, just, and inclusive for all Syrians. And we already know this is bullcrap because the uh, Senate legislation is all about Iran. And you can still... Up until this, you could still invest $20 million. And and then no mention of Italy and other countries that uh, import and export and trade with Syria. Uh, it has to be inclusive for all Syrians. We will support this outcome by pressuring President Assad to get out of the way of this transition and standing up for the universal rights of the Syrian people, along with others in the international community. And we will do this by blocking property of the government of Syria and prohibiting certain transactions with respect to Syria. Oh, going to steal their money. Steal their money. Exactly. Uh, Section 3, I hereby determine that the making of donations of the type of article specified in Section 203b2 of IEEPA 50 uh, USC 1702b2 by to or for the benefit of any person whose property and interest in property are blocked pursuant to Section 1, that means any persons, corporations, etc., would seriously impair my ability to deal with the national emergency declared in Executive Order <laughs> 1338. There's my aunt. Are you going to unplug me already? Is it time? Have they called? No. My, my aunt just came out. She's like, she got the Glock. <laughs> She's waving at me. Um, so, I, of course, I want to know what these uh, donations are. I'm like, what, what donations are they talking about? And uh, so it took a little while because, wow, this is all over the place. And it goes back to 2010. And I'm sorry, 2009. And there's another similar executive order in 2004. Uh, Donations by persons subject to the jurisdiction of the United States of articles such as food, clothing, and medicine intended to be used to relieve human suffering except to the extent the president determines that such donations would seriously impair his ability to deal with any national emergency declared under section blah, blah, blah. So what I'm reading here is that even food, clothing, and medicine are not allowed to be sent to Syria. So don't send your water and blankets. Wow. So this type of executive order has been used in the following cases, and then we just be quiet about it because, of course, we know that this is a repeat of Libya. Uh, It was implemented in uh, 79 for Iran, 97 for Myanmar, also known as Burma, 97 for Sudan, in 2000 for Russia, 2003 for Zimbabwe, uh, the first time for Syria in 2004, Belarus, it's been in place since 2006, North Korea since 2008, and Libya, of course, 2011, and now here we go again. Uh, so if we just look at those, well, I guess we can expect some kind of trouble soon in Syria. Perhaps yeah, and then meanwhile, of course, uh, Obama's going on vacation. Yeah, well, hey, of course, the same thing he did with Libya. He went down to, where was he? He, he uh, went down Brazil. to Brazil. He Brazil. doesn't want to be around when the shit hits the fan. It's Heck amazing. No. Heck no. So he takes off. He's going to be gone for 10 days. So that means all the action will take place during that period. When he's gone. And then he'll be reporting remotely from, where's he going? I don't know. 
But let me wait. I just got this morning's New York Times, and let me take the the special pages that are always. You can pull out page 10 and 11, which is the key to understanding the daily paper. And we'll see, there must be an Obama story in here. Oh, yeah. Far from capital, Obama finds that his, that its woes, that its woes have followed him. Or I guess the capital woes, not uh, his. Right. And they're talking about him. It doesn't say where he's going. Hmm. Big black and Canadian. They're busting him on the, on the, on the RV. <laughs> We're just going to call it the presidential RV from now on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, does that have slide outs? Do you need a full hookup, 50 amp? You got your dump tube? <laughs> you know they got to have one. You know they got to dump somewhere. This thing has to stop somewhere to dump. I wonder if they go to yeah, campgrounds of America. Be sure that the paparazzi will be taking pictures of that. <laughs> they probably stop at the campgrounds of America, KOA. Eh, hold on, we got a dump here. Well, we don't allow off-road dumping. You'll have to take a site for the night. So why did the Secret Service get into the black? There's a paragraph in here that says, as for the jet black color, uh, guy says, George W. Bush oversaw the, the retrofitting of his campaign bus in 2004 and said, apparently, the Secret Service obviously has a culture of the black car, hmm. so they were trying to get as close to that as possible. What are they? What are they? Darth Vader? Well, let's be honest. Is that the CEO? Well, let's be honest. It looks cool. It, it does. Looks, that bus looks creepy. Big black bus like that? It looks cool. Yeah, if you're running some sort of a covert operation. It's it's not. I don't think it looks cool. I, if I saw that thing coming, I wouldn't want to see who's coming out of it. <laughs> I think it He's looks- not getting any crowds. He's not getting any people. Yay, change, hope, change, hope. These people that, you know, he goes to these, these speeches. And, for example, I got it. Here's, here's his typical speech. I got it here. Obama promotes. <laughs> and, um, by the way, when you play this clip. And is this the one in front of the red barn and all the No, no, the this is a different bill? one. They, uh-huh. it, most of these are pretty identical. There's nobody there. And nobody, you know, got a couple guys clapping. But here's the funny thing. He drops his train of thought when he says, this will create more jobs and. And then but, there's a long we, pause. He can't think of anything else. He said was, if we're going to help you then you've also got to change your ways. You can't just make money on SUVs and and trucks. There's a place for SUVs and trucks, but as, as gas prices keep on going up, you've got to understand the market. People are going to be trying to save money. And money. so what we've now seen is an investment in electric vehicles. And then what we did was we put investments in something called advanced battery manufacturing because those electric cars... How well they run depends on how good the batteries are, uh-huh. how long they can run before they get recharged. <laughs> we only had 2% of the advanced battery uh, manufacturing market when I came into office. We're on track now to have 30, 40, 50% of that market. We Woo! are making batteries here in the United States of America <laughs> that go into electric cars made here in the United States of America. It creates jobs and it creates uh, uh, batteries and it creates <laughs> batteries. energy independence, and <laughs> it also improves our environment. <laughs> it creates How does it create energy independence. You have to charge the batteries somehow. <laughs> it creates so the guys uh, batteries. The it creates batteries. And, well, and by the way, I think you have the stats on these fantastic battery cars. How are they selling, Adam? Oh, uh, we have sold one hundred and twenty-five uh, Leafs. Oh no, sorry, Chevy Volts in uh, July. I can't wait for the August numbers to come out. I think total now 
It's been uh, since it's, the product has been on the market, not hasn't even hit eight hundred. Yeah, they're doing good. Well, of course they cost sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> not quite. What, what do they cost? That you know that you know the prices. Yeah, they cost uh, thirty eight thousand uh, dollars. Actually, with all the stuff you want on them, it's going to be about forty two. And then you can get a seventy five hundred dollar rebate from the U S government, which drops the price somewhat. And then you get another rebate from California. I think about three. You can take about ten thousand dollars off the thing. Plus, you get free. Uh, you can go across the bridges for free. Oh, that's true. You know, I, I thought I'd clip this because I wanted to, uh, regarding the big black bus, because um, the uh, dem- the black uh, de- Democratic Black Caucus is very angry at the president, is demanding an immediate meeting, and uh, I, I can't believe I, I well, maybe well, I, well, I dropped just it somewhere. To summarize. Yeah, summarize is the big black bus didn't come to the black neighborhoods. That's the summary. Uh, oh, well, of course not. They don't. I don't know why the blacks haven't figured this out. But they're not needed because they're in. The, they're already in the back pocket. Well, that's what this one Republican uh, representative was saying, and I'm I'm angry. I don't have. Maybe I'll find the clip. He's saying, well, you know, the the Democratic black the Black Democratic Caucus. Uh, I guess Maxine Waters leads that. Uh, he says they are just uh, controlling the plantation, keeping everybody quiet. I'm like, whoa. That's heavy. I got to find that clip. I'm uh, stupid. I don't know where it went. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. I think that's a good description of what's going on regarding the black community and Obama. But specifically to say, hey, the big black bus didn't come to the black community. Well, and I was like, yeah, really? It went to the Red Barn. Which, what a setup, eh? I mean, if you and I were producing that show, we... Probably, I mean, all was he, you know. And actually, I think it had every. It needed uh, more flag. I didn't see the American flag, but it had. Yeah, the a lot red of the clips didn't have enough flag. Yeah, no, no flag, but they got plenty of. Uh, and he also did failed to. I don't think they had enough people show up. Apparently, some of these things have been complete disasters. Because in the olden days, he would have behind him all the people smiling, the smiling faces of the Stooges, the, you know, the Obama bots right behind him, so he's right, facing out, right, and he has right. a bunch of people facing out with him, and they're all smiling and nodding. Yeah, and of course, uh, although this happens every single time around uh, when election starts, you know, he's, he's basically campaigning, but he's calling it a listening tour, which is a very, yeah. b- very bad uh, example for children, uh, teaching them how to listen. I thought when you listen, your mouth was closed. Be quiet. Um, and one other thing uh, about Drone Nation, <clears throat> before we get into uh. thanking some people. Yeah, this also came out this morning. Uh, so there was a drone in Afghanistan that crashed into a cargo plane. And uh, oh, oh, really? Yeah, the cargo plane went. Well, so this is, of course, we know there. Uh, how many? How many drones? Seven thousand drones. Seven thousand drones. And uh, now this was, was one was of. The, the, which, by the way, I want to remind people, we're spending a lot of time now listening to the reports and other things going on at the Brookings and other institutes. Yes. It's just these guys are dropping bombs left and right. But this came from uh, the Ministry of Truth from CNN, um, and it's quite frightening. So we're talking about smaller drones. These are the uh, uh, 12-foot drones. Yeah, and, and by the way, there's a number of do-it-yourself projects underway on the Internet. You can build one of these drones yourself. And if you do it right, with especially as a computer chip, you can actually launch it out to sea, 
and then and then and then of course you'll lose con- you, you lose direct contact with it because you're not set up with an infrastructure. But it will turn. You could have program it to turn around and then get back, back in contact back. with it. So you can go back. out to sea, take some pictures, turn around, come back to you, pick it up again with your remote control, and land it. So um, when you hear this clip, and I'll I'll give you the payoff right up front. Now I understand the necessity. For, and so I'm even thinking this this drone crash, or at least the way it's being played up, may have been uh, explicit uh, and uh, perhaps on purpose. Now I understand the whole push for the next, what they're calling uh, next-gen um, uh, air, uh, air, uh, aircraft control. So you know that they want to move away from smart, talented air, uh, air traffic controllers watching screens, talking with pilots, with human-to-human interaction. As an airman, I think I can say that this is a very good thing, and uh, there's always a healthy you know, friction between aviators and uh, air traffic controllers, but we do depend on each other. Instead, they want to move it to all, everything's automatic, and the planes know where they are, and they route automatically around everything. This is not for airplanes. It's to get out of the way of the drones. The American drone that collided with a huge Air Force cargo plane was only 12 feet long. But look at the damage it caused. The collision forced the huge Air Force plane to make an emergency landing in Afghanistan. And it's raising questions about the safety of unmanned vehicles. This is a very, very rare event. Tim Owings works for the Army's unmanned aircraft systems. He says they've flown more than a million hours in dirty, dangerous combat situations without an accident like this. The U.S. military has built a fleet of UAVs, and troops are coming home to become cops and firefighters with the expertise to operate them. They want to use that technology here. Unmanned aircraft could show firefighters how fast a blaze is moving and where. They could uh-huh. search for climbers stranded 9,000 feet up on a mountain. By that, I mean you're no longer worried about the risk of a, of a guy having to fly through a snowstorm. You use the unmanned system to go spot people and, and save lives. But remember what a small drone did to a cargo plane? The thought of it hitting a commercial jet is scary. That is really the heart and soul of, uh, of the real issue now that faces our industry. Paul McDuffie works for Institute, an unmanned aircraft developer. He says the Federal Aviation Administration has to define the rules and regulations to integrate UAVs into American airspace. There you go. Do you think the pace of the development caught the FAA by surprise? Yes. No, I think it was their belief that this was simply an annoyance. But there's an entire I- convention hall filled with new technology. From pocket-sized helicopters to aquatic vehicles that can submerge a thousand meters for nine months at a time. They now realize this is a much bigger, bigger problem and that that UAS are in fact here to stay. They're going to have to wrestle with the issue. Well, right now the military is working on various uh, systems to help these drones avoid collisions, starting with a ground-based radar system uh, that would direct the drones away from other planes. For its part, Wolf, the FAA will start integrating some of the smaller drones first and then go on to the bigger planes, and the goal is to get a completely new air traffic network in place well before the year 2025. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen of Gitmo Nation, we need to stop this insanity. Are we seriously hearing this, that we are going to have drones flying all around America? Saving lives, of course. 
Yeah, and spying on people in their backyard sunbathing and then shooting them. Yeah, hey, if that thing flies over the, the, the hilltop watchtower, I'm skeet shooting. I'm, so, uh, I'm blowing that thing out of the sky. If you can hit it, when they're up at 25,000 feet, you can't even see it. Depends on what hardware I'm using, John. <coughs> I'm not seeing you out there with uh, adaptive <laughs> adaptive op- optics uh, telescope well, looking for well, drones. Well, we got to make it a sport. But seriously, I mean, th- they're just coming out and saying it now. It's like, oh, the, we have troops coming back. And, of course, the highest unemployment uh, in the United States in, by segment is in veterans returning. And by the way, what bull crap. I mean, the guys who are flying the drones are outside of Nellis Air Force Base. Yeah, of course. In, in various, you know, uh, trailers flying these things. They're not a bunch of guys coming back from Afghanistan with drone, all sorts of drone, drone experience. Yeah. It's bull crap. Yeah, it, it's, it's yeah, sad. Yeah, maybe they have drone me. experience by rolling the thing out to the runway. <laughs> and well, you, actually, a lot of these you launch by throwing it like, a, like you used to do a glider. You toss it in the air and it goes. Well, they have a little rocket, a little Jado, Jado. Yeah, yeah, no, it just, it, it, yeah it's just like a model airplane. These are model airplanes. Well, those are the small ones. I'm talking yeah. about the ones with the with the the predators. Oh no, no, the, no! The big ones have a runway. And or the Raptors, whatever yeah. those Reaper. ones that shoot you. The are. Reaper, the Reaper, Reapers. The yeah, Reapers. those things will be all over the USA too. Yeah. Now, of course, and that's why we need the next gen air system, which is going to be billions of dollars. It's not for your safety. It's, we don't want to lose a drone. Ooh, that would be horrible. So was that a C-5 it hit? Um, don't know. Don't know what it hit. It, I mean, it, it damaged the wing. Uh, it was, you know, it's just like, it was like a bird strike, essentially. You know, one thing, just we were in Boston. We were walking around just to... It was something that really hit me, which was really weird. We were walking in Boston uh, two days ago. And um, was it two days ago? Yeah. And we're walking uh, kind of Newbury Street, beautiful area, beautiful shops. You know, it, it had rained, but it had stopped raining. And everyone's kind of like, you know, and everyone's beautiful in Boston. And you know, there's tons of money around because of Harvard. And there's, you know, there's all kinds of just good. It's life is good in Boston. And uh, I pass a guy and he's got his dog tags out. And he says, uh, could you spare a dollar for a homeless veteran? And my, you know me, right, John? You know, you know me and people asking for money on the street. Five buck Adam. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a big sucker that way. And, uh, and, uh, I, and, and so I turn around and I said, uh, veteran of what war? And he says, this one, sir. I'm like, wow. How messed up is this? We're all on out the there. street already? Yeah, we're, we're having a good time. He said, I did two tours. Came back. Um, you know, and uh, it just blew me away that when he said, "Yeah, this war, sir." I'm like, "Oh yeah, of course." I'm sorry. Oh no, which one of the five that we're in? And like, you know, how how nutty is it that we're all just we're shopping and we're buying buying sunglasses? You know, it's like, oh, we're having a good time as a homeless veteran. He claims he was homeless. I have no reason to doubt him. Uh, of this war, sir. This war. This war. Yeah, because you think Vietnam, you know, we're a veteran of what? No, this, this war, sir. Ugh. Makes me mad. Anyhow, lots of, uh, lots of fun stuff today. <laughs> well, on that note, we should yeah. probably at least thank our executive producers. Let us do that. So we have uh, one, two uh, executive producers and one, two, three associate executive producers. Uh, and our executive producer for the 333 Club for this uh, show is a fish guy out of 
Missoula, Montana. Uh, it says, uh, finally a donor after being a fish boner all this time. I'll send a PDG email with the latest stories from Gitmo Big Sky. It's and probably P- PGP is probably uh, encrypted is what he means. Oh, PGP. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Uh, and Gitmo Potato Head. Uh, I have just figured out a couple of new ways to soak the rich. Yeah, right. Uh, so we'll look Go for on. that email. We'll, we'll read it in, in a future episode. Uh, Scott Hankel in Sunland, California is in on the 331 uh, club. Ah, the, only, the only member. That's great. He's awesome. the number one member, and uh, he actually sent in a weird set of donations. I had to email him to figure out what he was up to. Uh, anyway, so but he's executive producer. He chose that. Uh, Jonathan uh, Dowdy in Alpharetta, Georgia, $210 pronounced Dowdy. In the morning, John and Adam, I'm a full-time student and work full-time, and I'm living the American dream just getting by. <laughs> you know, can I, can I just... Uh... <clears throat> interrupt that uh um so that I, I can play the just getting by so that my uh my uncle don can hear it oh yes please yeah because i think he needs to hear you that. can he, reprise a few of these for him <laughs> yeah i think i think it's well worth it this is from uh, the president's uh, weekly address from what is it now five weeks ago five six weeks ago probably it's a while back yeah here's the american dream according to your president in the end the folks i hear from in letters or meet when i travel across the country They aren't asking for much. They're just looking for a job that covers their bills. They're looking for a little financial security. They want to know that if they work hard and live within their means, everything will be all right. They'll be able to get ahead and give their kids a better life. That's the dream each of us has for ourselves and our families. That's right. So long as I have the privilege of serving as president, I'll keep fighting to put that dream within the reach of all of us. Thanks. Yeah, he's not going to put the real American dream to work. He's going to put that, that dream, dream just that one. getting by. <laughs> just getting by. Eking, eking out a living. How you doing on that, John? Not eking out a living. Eking it out, man. Eking it uh, out. He's been meaning to donate, uh, Jonathan has, uh, mm-hmm. but with uh, school costs, he's not been able to. Please give me a shot of karma and a D-douche oh. combo. Du- yeah, double shot. How do you do that? You've been D-douched. You've got karma. There you go, my friend. Double shot. And thank him. Anonymous in Brussels, Belgium, $200. Uh, please keep anonymous this donation and the podcast license. He needs, you have to put him on the list, even though you have to extract it. Yeah, no problem. Great show. Uh, worryingly quickly becoming my only source of news analysis. I will worryingly says this is, I agree. I don't think we should be the only source of news analysis. I'll keep on sending you my, uh, euros before they collapse. By the way, there is a good deal. People out there in Europe should think about this. You know, your hundred buck forty euros is is fourteen to us, and he two hundred dollars. And he says ITM Travis Dillman, a Red Deer, Alberta, our last uh, associate executive producer in the morning. John and Adam, I've been listening to you guys your your show for a year and and a half, and never donated. He needs a douche. He wants to be douchebagged. Why? Well, why would you want that? Isn't that isn't that a de douching? Well, he says he wants to wants it because all he right, hasn't done right, it. All right, all right, all right. It's an S and M thing. You got it, my friend. Douchebag. That's what you want. After listening to that one episode where you guys were talking about uh, Lucifer's lesbian relationships and then uh, laughing 
his ass off when uh, <laughs> apparently I made the comment about her sniffing her finger. Oh, John. This was not my best moment, by the way. No, it was not. I hope your wife scolded you for that. She crapped up. <laughs> I bet. Here's two hundred bucks. Anyway, those are our executive producers and associate executive producers of today's show. And uh, we do have a couple of uh, hot pockets producers to thank as we first go back to our Pennsylvania meetup, uh, Shikshini meetup at the uh, wonderful log cabin on the lake uh, of Shikshini Lake with uh, Michael and Sarah. It was a great time. People came from all over. Uh, Scott Shellhammer uh, donated three hundred and thirty-three dollars and thirty-three cents. And uh, let me just see. I'll probably have to do his um, his letter during our donation segment. But it was a beautiful letter that he wrote us. Um, so we'll put him on the list for uh, I guess the three thirty three club. He's uh, he did the, the even the thirty three cents, which is great. And we have a couple other people we'll be thanking uh, from there as well, and also from Boston. Uh, but no one quite came in at the executive or associate executive producer level. Uh, but we are uh, looking forward to thanking all of them later on in the program. Then a couple of PR mentions. Um, so first of all, uh, the email paid off, John. The the Texas uh, Tribune, as you'll recall, had uh, sent me an email requesting information about uh, one of the now probably close to 600 domain names that forward to the noagendashow.com website, uh, rickperry2012.com, and I'd sent him back an email um did you see what they printed yeah they printed a good little quote even though they spelled my name wrong and they're linking to it they can easily see what kind of fact checkers do they have at that place yeah that's uh, not very good apparently because yeah they and and by the way i wrote the email so i don't understand how hard it was but uh as a part so they talk about uh, people trying to make a mint on uh, rick perry's uh, uh running now like we care and so here's the blurb about the show while not personally looking to cash in media personalities john how do you feel media personality i feel like a media personality you got the ballsy voice to go with it adam curry a former mtv vj and john c dvorak (laughs) that's so horrible at least i got the c part right yeah that's the best part are two beneficiaries of domain purchasing pranksters Type in Perry2012.com. You'll be whisked to the site of their podcast, The No Agenda Show. No link, of course. Uh, But they aren't responsible for that. The address is registered to an air conditioning and electrical services company in Keene, Texas. (laughs) Sounds like a front. (laughs) Uh, Quote, our listeners have registered over 500 domain names that point to our show website. Curry explained in an email. Usually, this is due to a conversation or topic on the show. We're no fans of Perry, so this is a nice blocking move. Another Perry-themed way to get to the No Agenda Show site? Adiosmofos.com. <laughs> Adios, mofo. I like that. So, anyone, yeah. if anyone picked that, I have no idea how if the Texas uh, Tribune, if anyone reads that or not. Probably not. They have a .org domain name, so it doesn't seem like that's a great thing. No, not for a newspaper. No. Uh, not that you can't get some, some newspaper names. Well, you know, speaking of uh, of that sort of well, thing. I, I do have a couple of uh, domain names. You want to say something? Or oh, yeah. Wanna... Run those through, and then I want to go to this one little okay, thing. So it's I... something that asserts your, one of your theories. Oh, good. Uh, so a couple <laughs> other domain names being forwarded to the show site. InfiniteGrowthParadigm.com. <laughs> Great. It's catchy. It's real catchy. 
Of course, this uh, is a, th- a callback to the previous show. Teacherswithbenefits.com. Also, uh, uh, call back to the uh, Facebook uh, story that was all over the fake news media. Uh, Noagendapuppets.com is now, it's not a domain name for it, it's an actual website where puppets speak in video and, uh, and, and propagate our messages. Uh, so it makes no sense for me to play this one because it you know it just sounds like it's it sounds, just us but you did no 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 it. it sounds like a guy no no he's 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 hired a guy to do a, oh, pu- the, a puppeteering thing and he does the gitmo nation national oh, anthem they're not overdubbing our voices no 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 it's uh, uh it's, it's fresh new content uh then we have expecting turbulence.com which i thought was also uh, very nice uh from uh, leland who has uh, been unemployed for a couple months now uh NoAgendaVinyl.com. This will, of course, be for my Adam Sings the Hits, which you're planning on releasing. OfficialGovernmentWebsite.com. And uh, I guess what I... We talked about this last time, uh, but this is from uh, Victoria Arnoldi and says, Hey, you, know, you, you forgot to, to pimp out my buddy, because uh, we did talk about it in the donation segment, but I didn't put it into the link, so that's in the links now. And finally, it's in, John, CurryDvorakConsulting.com. So yeah, it's can, about time. Yeah, we can start. And our we'll own be using that, by the way. But there's a thirty thousand dollar retainer. I figured that's where we should Is that, start. Shouldn't it be thirty three thousand so, dollar retainer? Oh, so uh, I like the official government. What was it again? Official government. dot com. I love that. That's, that's a good. great website. So let's uh, Google it. Let's see what happens if you do that. If you Google for, hold on a second. If you Google for official government website. Because people would be Googling for that, right? I would think, yeah. Uh, we have USA.gov. Hmm. We need some work on the juice. Well, that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, we need it's some just work got, on that. Yeah, USA.gov. Yeah, we need some work the on official, that. I didn't even know this existed. This is the government's official web portal. Yeah. They're making more websites at this $8 million bucks a pop. You know, <laughs> Eight, somebody's 18. making out like a $18 million a pop. <laughs> somebody's making out like a bandit. Yep. Uh, so anyway, currydvoracconsulting.com will be activated, of course, as uh, as we go into our consulting business, primarily consulting uh, Russia today on uh, better-looking hosts uh, who just who just bring in the bacon because they they've, they've got all the, the the right messages. They just they don't must have some some kind of um, some nasty uh, feminazi run into place that won't allow it. Possible, possible. That's the only possibility, because if it was, you know, normal broadcasting people... Yeah, they, we'd would, have hot babes, blondes. Yeah, it doesn't make any name, sense. I'll name Natasha. Natasha, back to you, Natasha. Thank you, Natasha. Let me tell you what's going on here. Okay, now Natasha is up next with the weather. <laughs> They're not German. <laughs> well, I'm trying. Uh, Bachmancorndog.com, very apropos and uh, extremely, uh, extremely uh, uh, courant. Uh, here's one that uh, is a nice try, but I don't think it's ever going to do us any good. Incompetent bureaucrats afraid to answer a yes or no question dot com. Appreciate the try, uh, but we don't think that's really going to fly. Uh, then we have lootingandriots.com. That'll be a good Ooh, place if you're looking for looting and riots. They'll be knocking on the door over that one. Yeah, uh, a couple others in this uh, forward uh, PR work from Mike. Uh, infinitegrowth.com and particularlypopular.com. Then we have uh, a new wiki, which has been set up, uh, No Agenda Watchlist Wiki. And you can find the link in the show notes uh, at 331.nashownotes.com. This is for all the people that we're watching. 
So this is our watch list, and you can contribute to that. And then the best one, and of course we have to play uh, a couple of clips here, uh, which we'll do uh, in uh, momentarily after John has something to say. Uh, LoneWolfBlitzer.com. I like that one a lot. LoneWolfBlitzer.com. So those are our yeah, that PR. Yeah, that's a good one. Those are our PR mentions. We highly appreciate it. Thank you very much to our uh, producers uh, who uh, helped us out. So of course, uh, from the uh, Hot Pockets uh, producer list, we have Scott Shellhammer with uh, three hundred thirty-three thirty-three, and then also on the list we have uh, executive producers uh, Fish Guy. We have uh, Scott Hankel. We have Jonathan Doughty or Doughty. We have Anonymous from Brussels in Belgium and uh, Travis Dillman as our associate executive producer in uh, Red Deer, Alberta. Everybody else out there, of course, you do have a mission. It's very, very simple. We'd like you to go out. We'd like you to propagate our formula. This is what it's all about. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Say it with me like you really mean it. Shut up, slave. Be quiet. Sit down. Eat your peas. Pull off the Band-Aid. Just get by. Yeah. So, um, you've been asserting for a while that, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking that probably you're, you're partially right. I believe one of the writers on the John Stewart show, at least one of them, has is a Listen, Listen to the show, yeah. And the only reason I say that is because this particular gag, which we have queued up here, Stuart steals our gag, um, is too, it's too obtuse. Squirrel! Because, the, because you, which used to began the squirrel meme, which some people found offensive. I always thought it was great because it was, you always dropped it in. It was short. It was a good, quick little uh, ditty. Never bothered Squirrel. me. And I like it. Yeah. And, uh, and which is the dog in the movie Up. Yeah. And uh, which is an old movie, and so you wouldn't. It's not a common reference. It's not a new reference. We, we, start, we started this Thanksgiving this past year because that's when I saw November. the movie in November. When I saw the movie, because my daughter said this is a great movie, you got to watch this. And uh, and she was talking squirrel. I have to give her some props. And I was like, that's perfect. You know, so whenever there's like some terrorist alert, squirrel. That, and by the way, we've never explained this on the show. Whenever someone's talking about terrorist, 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 lone wolf, terrorist, oh, terrorist, terrorist, squirrel. just hit a squirrel. So, uh, John Stewart finally comes around, uh, somebody on the staff, I don't know that he watches or listens to us, but somebody does, because this this coming out of the Blue Lakes, and by the way, this was run on Monday of this week, this bit that I'm going to play, and then he did it again, he's, he's, he brought the squirrel thing, he said squirrel a couple of times, either on the Tuesday or Wednesday show, I can't, got too, too mixed up, but he did it again, I think we'll hear from it, we'll hear it, and they did, but because he's got a bigger show, millions of listeners and viewers he's gonna steal he's basically stolen our material <laughs> bastard and he'll, be, and he'll take he'll be we'll, we'll, we'll look derivative yeah we'll, we'll look like we're like we're stealing it so we got to come up with something else i hate that hey, get it. thinks about rick perry he's new <laughs> we haven't seen him before the media really is the dog and up squirrel <laughs> You know, it's been seven hours. I'm tired of Michelle Bachman. Squirrel! <laughs> anyway, as the media said, Rick Perry is... 
Yep. Uh, there you go. That's how it goes. Yeah, we are the unsung heroes, John, of the squirrel meme, and we will, of course, you're right, be called derivative of it, and that's how it goes when you uh, have v- taken a vow of poverty. Well, the funny thing is, you know, uh, there's a there's a kind of an unwritten rule in the world of comedy that uh, you have to either pay yes. for stolen material or at least maybe do a noagendashow.com plug. I'll tell you or, what's or better. Or even ridicule us. I think yeah. it'd be great Please, if he said make these fun. two idiots. Right. Here's what I'd like. Thing. Here's what I'd like. Here's what I'd like. I'd like him to do a segment like, whatever became of that hair guy? He's hanging out with this douche. And just show us and then noagendashow.com. Well, plug for the show is all we need. Or we could go under on any and, circumstance. I don't care if they, you know, what they say. Or, but, or, know. or, uh, I would be happy to step back, and I think that uh, you could be on the show to promote your book. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the one yeah, with about any uh, minute now. IB, IBM Communications Programming <laughs> from nineteen seventy eight. So I'm just wrapping up getting my clips, and then I, I'm watching a little TV at late night, and I normally don't watch Jimmy Kimmel, but. I'm Kind of a fan of Joe McHale, the guy who does uh, the soup talk. Oh, the soup, soup guy. Yeah, he's great. Soup he's guy. great. He's great. So he was on, and he gave this anecdote about this weird TSA program. I mean, he makes it kind of humorous, but I'm wondering, let's try to deconstruct what they might be up to here, because this is really weird. Uh, yeah, let me do this really quick. Okay. Um, no, uh, yeah, I flew in this morning, and uh, on my way there uh, at LAX, uh, I was getting through the security, and uh, a man, uh, one of the TSA people began, right next to me, began to shout the word bravo. He just going bravo bravo and i was like thank you i totally <laughs> nailed putting my laptop into a container separately and then they all shouted bravo uh, all together like a flash mob and uh and then they went nobody move and uh i of course thought oh no there's been a problem. I'm going to try to get out of here. So I put the kilo of heroin back in my bag. And, um, but they're like, don't move. So I literally, we all were fro. Like one woman had her hand up, just like. And, uh, and, then, and then there was a pause, and he goes, you have just been a part of the TSA's Bravo program. You may now proceed. Really? And they never said what it was for. Other than fun. And, uh, and how long did it go on? I went about a minute that we sat there frozen. Really? And then, um, and then yeah, and I would have just gone, why not just go, bad guy, bad guy with bad stuff, get him. Uh, <laughs> but I was, it was one of those moments where I thought. Do you think, I, when I hear Bravo, I think, of course, of the real housewives. Maybe yes. they're preparing for a visit from them. That is a big terror threat. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, of course, I have the uh, new procedures. I don't have them on this laptop for obvious reasons. Uh, but I'll look it up. And I'll see if there's a, a Bravo procedure in there. Well, there's references to it on the internets that go back to 2009. And uh, here's one example of it. Code Bravo is a code phrase of the general security alert at airports. Uh, but it sounds to me if they're practicing on the public with, with false alarms. Yeah, that's not. And they want okay. everyone to freeze. I think they're just trying to. I think they're just messing with Freaking it. Let's make everybody stop moving. So he, Watch this. In that clip, uh, he mentioned flash mobs and flash mobs is an is the meme is back of course flash mobs have been around for a while this is uh, if you don't know they're in commercial television these days you know the the guy that's trying to start the flash mob and he's 10 minutes early because he isn't using at&t or whatever 
And uh, so I've been looking around, and I found a couple of very... By the way, by the way, I don't think it was AT&T, but that's how ineffective that commercial <laughs> yeah, was. You commercials working great. <laughs> the commercial works great. You know, you guys got to go hire Jeff Smith. So Jeff Smith does jingles. Those things work. The pendulum will swing back. You'll find out that making catchy little tunes for your product is better than these stupid high-concept commercials, which we don't remember. So our national treasure, NPR... Is uh, starts it off with an assertion that was quite new to me. We were forced into a gut-wrenching decision of how we were going to stop it. This, by the way, is, of course, about the BART train station uh, turning oh, off cell phone God. service uh, because uh, people were going to organize into groups uh, to, uh, to protest. Given the propensity of this group to create chaos on the platform... Using mobile devices to organize groups of people isn't new. Such groups are sometimes called flash mobs. Flash mobs have used mobile devices to organize fun stuff, like group dancing in a public spot. But in other cities, flash mobs have been organized to rob stores and attack people. The oh. question is whether or not cutting off cell phone service is the right way to combat the problem. And I'm like, Laura what? Now, when did we hear about a flash mob being organized to rob stores? Plural, wow. by the way. Plural. This is from the NPR. Stores. stores. Plural. NPR. So I'm like, I, I got to find an example. There must be something recent. There must be some story about f- a flash mob being organized to rob a store, which I'd never heard of before. Because, of course, now flash mobs will be outlawed, and it's going to be this great little meme that everyone can use. And lo and behold... Uh, I find one. This uh, throws back to about a week and a half ago at the State Fair. And in the State Fair, here you go, darling. Thank you so much. Uh, the following takes place, but they've got the sheriff on, and he kind of gives away that it that it's probably, we don't know if it's a flash mob. We're just going to use the meme anyway. Summer, something that's been a harmless, even a fun fad has turned down. Fun fad. Fun fad flash mob. Fun fad. Fun fad. Fun fad. Thank you. Are they still listening, Nick? Oh, God. Is, is Uncle Don rolling his eyes? Yeah, he's listening in the other room. He's, he's on the hotline now. He's sleeping. Yeah, he's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, Uncle Don went like, I can't listen to this. Am I really related? I want a DNA test now. Dangerous and illegal. Young people using social networks and text messaging to get organized have been assembling in what they call flash mobs. But over the weekend in Germantown, Maryland, a flash mob of more than two dozen young people showed up at a convenience store just before two in the morning. So here's the, the host asserting a flash mob showed up at the store to rob it. Now let's hear from the law officer. Look at it right there. Grabbing things Look off the it. shelves. And Look at it. Look at it. You flash mob. Out they go, leaving without paying. Without paying. It's called stealing and shoplifting, not flash mobbing. We're seeing similar reports in other cities, most involving African Americans and some. Oh, I'm sorry. Black people flash mob this it gets worse leading to mob violence with us now the montgomery county maryland police chief jay thomas manger and cnn contributor maryland, the worst place in the world <laughs> well, listen to what he says though uh, chief this is your jurisdiction germantown where this played out uh, what do you know about how they got organized and i've spoken to the philadelphia chief charles ramsey recently he says they're using texting using 
social media. Is that how this happened? Well, we're, that's still under investigation. I still under investigation. We know we that, don't uh, know. So we, John yeah. King's just talking out of his ass. Gets better. Uh, we've gotten some uh, information that some of these kids were at the Montgomery County Fair. When it closed, they took the last bus back to the transit center in Germantown. Um, then when they got there, what we're thinking is that that's when... They what we're thinking... They started um, uh, using the social media to get a, a larger group together to go into the 7-Eleven. So, bull crap. It's just, a, it's just a, a, a nice little meme to use. Another thing, and more fun taken away. No more, no more dancing. No more dancing, you. No more flash mobbing. Now, here comes the funniest thing. This is the funniest. I, I, I think I've got the clip of the day. This is um, the spokeshole for BART. Now, uh, just to recap, for those who don't know, BART Bay Area Rapid Transit, there were people who were organizing a demonstration because a, uh, a transit cop killed uh, a young man. And uh, he was uh, pretty much acquitted, I think. Uh, they held the trial in Los Angeles, of course, nowhere near Oakland where it took place because they didn't want huge riots happening. They didn't want any peers. No, they, exactly. Peers. Thank you. Um, and he, this guy, he's the spokeshole. Listen to his view of the Constitution. John, could you please grab your copy of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights? Because we have to fact check what this guy is saying. That as a BART official... Sure. As a, as a BART official, my, my new focus now is to provide safe uh, transportation for folks. And so, uh, to answer your question directly, yes. I can't tell you what we're going to do because we don't know yet what we're facing. Uh, I guess I should say they turned off the cell phone service in the station so people couldn't create a flash mob. All we know is that we're, we have a protest and we, we're here. It's a peaceful one. And we welcome a peaceful protest. I'm the administrator of the free speech program at BART. Oh, he, so he's an expert. He knows all about free speech. Let's go. And as long as they stay outside the fair gates in the free speech zone that's designated by the Constitution. Oh, hold on a second. The free speech zone as designated by the Constitution. Holy crap. <laughs> as designated by the... So you can have free speech what is, in... What is, what, what is, is that in Hyde Park in London? I mean, what are we talking about here? Speaker's Corner? The free speech zone as designated by the Constitution. But it gets better. That would do. Stop. you got to play the douchebag clip, please. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable that this guy could actually say that? Douchebag. All right. Free speech zone as designated by the Constitution. Let's hear more from this uh, leader of free speech. We welcome the protests. Well, if it is, if it is, Linton, if it is a peaceful protest, as, as everyone is, is hoping, then why the need to shut off cell service if that is the way you go? Well, what we're going to do is take uh, the no, 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 listen, listen. open steps within the Constitution to be able to ensure the safe passage of our passengers. Uh, so, uh, wait a minute. The Constitution says you have to have safe passage on a train. This is what he's asserting now. Re remember, there are more constitutional rights than just free speech here at stake. There oh, yeah. is listen, be quiet, listen. It's the right to be safe. The right to be safe. John, could you please look at the Constitution? Do we have I'm a looking, right? I'm do we have a right, right to, to be, be safe? safe. <laughs> the right to be safe is a constitutional right, ladies and gentlemen. And there's more. And that is a constitutional right. It's a constitutional right, John. What is this guy? He's a total <laughs> asshole. And I know the media is very sensitive to free speech because that's their business, but we're very sensitive to safety. Well, Linton, let me ask you then, finish, because it's finish? ultimately up to. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, you want you want to know why we why we're forced into this decision? Exactly. The, for, the protesters forced us into this decision. 
they made us choose between um, people's ability to be able to use their mobile phones and the amenity that we provide and um, our customers right constitutional right to be able to get from point A to point B which- no, hold on check check the Constitution do we have a right to get from point A to point B yeah there it is <laughs> Just what in their business for. And so what we did is we took a very narrow time frame, three hours and four stations, where they said prior to um, that protest that they were going to try to disrupt and create a huge safety problem. And we stopped service for mobile phone users because they were going to take the very tool that we put in place, this tool, the mobile phone service, a safety tool, they were going to turn it around and use it against our customers. So they took this mobile phone service, a tool for safety, and use it against our customers to try to violate their constitutional rights to safety. <laughs> I want to invoke my constitutional right to safety, please. Well, here's the thing that bothers me more about that clip than the fact that the guy's a moron. Mm. Is what is a reporter doing? Why well, doesn't no, exactly, she say something exactly. like, hey, buddy, full of crap? Yeah, because she doesn't she know. Idiot, does she not know anything? No, What's, no. She, does no. anybody even read the Constitution anymore? No. Apparently not. And why would a reporter... I would fire the reporter the next day. I would bring her in the office, was the editor, and say, look, look at this. Well, you're, this guy is wide open for nothing but a couple of decent questions. You didn't ask anything. You're fired. Constitutional right for, to safety. No, it's, it's crazy. On that, uh, on that note, and then I'll shut up. Uh, this is not a clip. But uh, Farid Zakaria, our friend, uh, who has private consultations with our president, he uh, wrote a blog post. Who hates the Constitution. We should well, make let that me, clear. Yes, he hates the Constitution. He doesn't think it's good. Uh, and here it is. Does America need a prime minister, he writes. Oh, brother. <laughs> After the S&P. Who's di- going to be king? Well, well, <laughs> him, apparently. Ugh. After the S&P downgraded the United States, no country with a presidential system has a triple-A rating from all three major ratings agencies. Only countries with parliamentary systems have that honor. And then he goes on to say that our government is no good because we can't make decisions quickly because of our presidential system. Uh, the, the American presidential system, in contrast to David Cameron of the Gitmo Nation East... Uh, you have the presidency and the legislator, both of which claim to speak for the people, claim. As a result, you always have a contest over basic legitimacy. Who is actually speaking for and representing the people? He is advocating go- doing away with our entire system. He's actually advocating. This is actually, if you look in the Constitution, you cannot. He you is can't actually do this. advocating this the overthrow of, of the, the government. US government on CNN. He's treason. Treason! Well, it's, as tre- it's as close to treason as anything else that these guys are saying is treason. Squirrel. I mean, like that idiot uh, Rick Perry who says that that uh, Bern- Bernanke is treasonous for for con- you know doing what he has to do at the Fed. Yeah. How but amazing! Nobody's calling is that? this guy out. No. How am- if, oh. It's amazing to me. It's amazing that he gets away with saying this. Now he doesn't actually come out and say we I got to overthrow it and make somebody king. He actually says, follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Well, same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. the same thing. It's the same thing. If we're in for another five years of this squabbling in the U.S., we are going to make presidential systems look pretty bad indeed. Thank you, Farik. 
GPS, Zakaria. Anyway, that got me a little riled. Well, I'm a little annoyed by this flash mob situation because uh, the New York Times, some, I don't know, maybe a week or so ago, they, they, there was a little, there was a little op-ed or some little editorial, perhaps. I can't remember. I just remember seeing it. And they were saying, you know, isn't this getting a little old and cliche? They were kind of throwing a wet blanket on the whole idea. And I thought I kind of agreed with them, which is like it is cliched. But I didn't think it was maybe some sort of code for uh, let's put an end to it. I think it is. I think it's an, uh, it's just another step in and you know another little notch to remove all of our yeah, essentially all of our freedoms on the interwebs. It just keeps on going. Yeah, no, you equate flash mobs now with with yeah. evil. And you can you know there I I'm looking this up and there there were some incidents in Philadelphia supposedly. Yeah. Uh in in January for March. Well, and, they're just blaming every every and so any uprising everything. And flash mobs are bad. Well, actually, uh, Russia you know to the, the... Yeah. Well, I was just going to say this because I was talking to, to Buzzkill Jr. about this. And he says there's a huge movement afoot, uh, which is not flash mobs, but it's one of these underground things that's starting up for everybody and their sister to uh, re-register as Republicans and vote in Ron Paul. Yeah. Because there's no right reason on. to be a Democrat in the upcoming primaries. You mean Ron Paul, the third-party candidate, the kook from Texas? The kook. The kook. Who, who we'll get to in a minute. Uh, the kook from... I got, can I just tell you a little uh, Uncle Don story? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Uncle Don, of course, he, he, I love the man. He, uh, he queries me, you know, and we talk a little bit about the kook from Texas. Because I said, hey, remember that kook? And uh, then he says, so who do you... So, and of course, I, I lay, he says, what, he's very disappointed in President Obama, by the way. And uh, says, uh, so uh, who do you think? Uh, I say, you know, Obama's going to quit. <laughs> he gives me one of his looks. <laughs> really? But yeah. He said, well, who's who do you see as uh, as the as the guy on the Democratic side? And I said, uh, Kucinich. And he says, <laughs> Oh, the kook from Ohio. There was a Supreme Court decision uh, a few years ago that is being used to usurp the War Powers Act, and it all comes down to the Constitution. Let's set the War Powers Act aside for a minute. The Constitution makes it manifestly clear that only Congress has the power to send our uh, young men and women into war. Unfortunately, this administration, uh, even though it's headed by a constitutional scholar, now is ignoring the Constitution and determining that they have the right to send our troops into war anytime they please. There you go. Kook. Kooky. <clears throat> Kooky guy. Yeah, that's crazy talk. <laughs> you know what? That's just, that's just outrageous. Well, I've come to the conclusion, I'm going to put it in the red book as my prediction, mm -hmm. which is, and I did predict that Obama is not going to run again, but that, whether or not he does, is, not, is beside the point on this one. I believe that the Republicans will have the two, the, here's who's going to be running. Romney's going to be the head guy. Oh, you don't, you don't think uh, Perry? No, Perry's going to be the vice president. Oh, Perry right. only came in to be the vice president because he, he can't sustain a possibility of a win because he's a complete... Screw up. You know what he is? He's the money man because he's got um, uh, big pharma behind him. He's a big supporter and of Gardasil and all the. More importantly, right, he's a big pharma guy. But yeah. more importantly, in so far as the public's concerned, I mean, as far as we're concerned, yeah, that's what we're talking about. But as far as the public's concerned, he is the evangelical balance against oh. the Mormon. Oh, there you go. 
We can't have uh, the Mormon getting in. No, not without a balance, because then you know you can always shoot the guy and you get the evangelical to take his place. So you don't have to worry about anything. So there's no worries because you have the evangelical in the White House, and he'll be out there acting like an idiot, you know, that, that he is. Very good. So yeah, that's I the agree. only reason he came into the into play at all, is to just say, here I am, I'm going to all put up a good fight, and all the media guys are going to say, yeah, 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 he's, he's part of the whole thing, he's, he's really a contender. But he only came in to be the vice president, because they have to give it to Romney. Romney's been waiting just patiently the way, you know, McCain was last time. He's, this is all a scam, and they put these people in line and say, okay, you're next, Oh, God, okay, we'll get the Bachman thing. Don't worry about it. She's not getting anywhere. And Palin's been told <laughs> she, not to she, run. You know, they've just got good consultants, and they're smart, because we need the, the, the presidential uh, reality show to look good, and we put Bachman in. But you know what? For as calm and collected as she was uh, several months ago, what is the deal with her screaming? Did she, someone give this woman microphone technique, please. Stop it. It's annoying. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, I blew up my mic. We're going to take back the country. We're going to take back the... Like, hello, stop. Right? Yeah, she's got to fist the mic. <laughs> so I figured it all out, though. I figured it all out. Remember me talking about Project Blue Bean? This is not second half uh, of the show stuff, actually. But uh, you uh, uh, vaguely go on and explain. Okay, Project Bluebeam is uh, it's a theory that claims that NASA will be uh, is attempting to implement New Age religion with the Antichrist at its head to start the New World Order, and the idea is that the government would create a uh, a fake invasion of aliens. And that uh, then we'd all be like, oh, you know, whatever. We we'd all get in line. And of course, you know, I follow the, you know, I'm a crackpot, so I follow the stuff like Project Blue Beam, and whenever there's a UFO sighting, uh, I'm always quick to believe that it's real, but I always uh, have in the back of my mind, you know, maybe this could be the start of Project Blue Beam, because I'm not leaving anything out. I have no real agenda. And then we have Nobel Prize winning economist Krugman, who writes for the New York Times, and he wrote this in his column, I was floored, and luckily, so I don't have to read he went on uh, Zakaria's show. Uh huh. Zakaria. And he explained the solution to all problems in these United States of Gitmo Nation. Very simple. Think about World War II, right? That was not, that was actually negative for social product spending, and yet it brought us out. I mean, partly because you want to put these things together. If we say, look, we could use some inflation. Ken and I are both saying that, which is, of course, anathema to a lot of people in, in, in Washington, but is in fact what the basic logic says it's very hard to get inflation in a depressed economy but if you had a program of government spending plus an expansionary policy by the fed you could get that so if you think about using all of these things together you could accomplish you know a great deal i mean if if we if we discovered that uh, you know space aliens were planning to attack, and we needed a, a massive buildup to counter the, the space alien threat, um, and really inflation and budget deficits took secondary uh, place to that. Um, this slump would be over in 18 months. There you go. <laughs> so all we need is the threat of space aliens invading us, and we'd be out of this recession <clears throat> in 18 months. And what he does, in fact, if I understand him correctly, because you know I'm no Nobel Prize winner, is he calls back to World War II and says that was good for business. 
He says World War II got us out of the slump. Is this correct, John? You're a scholar of these things. Uh, well, you know, that's a th- that is one theory. Now, if you go by economic cycle theory, that's bullcrap. In 1940, was, it would be the end of a, one of the 80-40 cycles, and it would have picked up no matter what you did. This is the same thing that Ronald Reagan ran into. He was right on that in 1980, was right on the cycle ending. So the economy was in the toilet through the entire 70s. And then it just came out of it, even with voodoo economics. In fact, whatever he did would have worked because it all works during the cycle. And 1940s, that, that other cusp. And so, so it's questionable. Yeah, it looks good on paper. That we got out of the depression because of the war, but I'm not. I'm never bought into that. Well, so let me ask you then. If by smart- the way, and do we we got out of you know? Do, do we have to have a war to get out of a depression? That this is the question you have to Thank ask. You. It seems so. Well, let me ask you then. If smart guys like this, who writes for the Ministry of Truth, Nobel Prize winner, who's the other Nobel Prize winner? Um, oh yeah, President Obama. Um, that's a peace prize. That's slightly different. Still, it comes from the Nobel Institute. If uh, if if their thinking is like this, could this entire lone wolf terrorist around every corner under your bed, you know, crazy white guys without turbans on, could that be to build up the Department of Homeland Security and create more government jobs to make? Of course, Janet Lucy wants to be number one. She can't just be number three, and that uh, doesn't look good on your resume. Could that just be? Could all this be to just build up and build up and create more? jobs to get us out of the economy slump that we're in well yeah the the problem yeah I, I mean there's that element i think has always been in play and i think we've kind of acknowledged it but the problem is is that this all really began after 9-11 right and, and it hasn't really we worked and it hasn't done crap well, what it's done is it sells it's putting books. us deeper and deeper into a into a into a spiral, a downward spiral. None of this is working. This guy is completely off base. This, the, his entire economic thesis, not Krugman, but the the, the Obama administration, right. and all this, and creating the secret police and the you know uh, kind of an armed forces within the U.S. and and harassing the public. This is going to turn out badly. So let's get into it then. Um... As I think, uh, again, you know, we're, we're being ripped off. Because we first started out with... Uh, you watch Jon Stewart start playing Lone Wolf clips. You watch, you watch him do that. So there's a book out. And I heard this on the road when we were driving on the National Treasure. I've got a couple clips. Two guys, Eric Schmidt, not uh, from Google... Not our Eric Schmidt. No. And Tom Shanker. His, actually, interestingly enough, his name is spelled T-H-O-M, so it's Thom. Thom. Thom Shanker. Both uh, oh. journalists at the New York Times. And, they, and they've written a book. And this book produced an article in your Sunday Times, which we talked about briefly on Sunday. But they're out plugging the book, and they have started off an avalanche, I tell you. Uh, an avalanche of abuse against the, the poor citizens of the United States of Gitmo Nation. Yeah, it certainly did. What, what um, the American military intelligence can do is forge the watermarks or certification, if you will, of official al-Qaeda postings, because th- they don't want people going online and, and pretending to, to be them, but, you know, American cyber technology is so advanced that they can have a near-perfect near uh, recreation of an al-Qaeda message. And, and what, what they're doing from time to time is going on to jihadi websites and posting 
conflicting and contradictory orders, statements that raise doubt about who the jihadi should follow and who's really in charge and is this person still alive? Are they, you know, still in, in control? And the goal is to really disrupt the entire network by sowing distrust and dissent and, and con- confusion. We've been told that they've had some great successes at that. So do you think it's possible that perhaps, and these of course are uh, amongst others, uh, probably uh, Lucifer Hillary Clinton's techno experts, do you think it's possible that if they're out there to convince extremely sophisticated jihadi terrorists that they might confuse a New York Times reporter or two? With writing conflicting, bogus reports of, uh, I don't know, how about ricin? Maybe we're going to go bl- kill everybody with ricin. Whatever happened, the death toll could possibly be far higher than the 9-11 attacks. The New York Times reports that U.S. officials fear that al-Qaeda may be trying to produce the very deadly poison ricin. The Times <laughs> says ricin would be packed around small explosives for attacks against the U.S. According to the Times, for more than a year, the al-Qaeda affiliate in Yemen has been trying to acquire large quantities of castor beans. Those beans are necessary to produce the ricin. The white powdery toxin is so deadly that just a speck of it can kill you. The author of the Times article is Eric Schmidt. He's also the author of the new book Counter-Strike, the untold story of America's secret campaign against al-Qaeda. His co-author is Tom Schenker. Eric Schmidt joins us now from New York. Hi there, Erica. This is a frightening and amazing story as well. Uh, I want to begin by asking you, what does this ricin plot tell us about the danger of al-Qaeda affiliates such as the one in Yemen? Well, what it tells us, Randy, is that even with the death of Osama bin Laden in May, the affiliates of al-Qaeda in places like Yemen, adherents in Somalia, these are still very dangerous Dangerous. to the United States. The arm of al-Qaeda in Yemen, after all, was responsible for the plot of the so-called underpants bomber in Christmas of 2009. And then 10 months later, uh, the printer cartridges that were packed with explosives and put on cargo planes bound for Chicago. So what this shows is that even with bin Laden's death, these affiliates are still very dangerous to the country. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. So, you know, I'm thinking our own cyber command put out a thing about rice and to scare people. And then the whatever, New York Times... Whatever happened to anthrax, you know? It seems to me that I guess they dropped the ball on that No, no, one. ricin is easy to make. This is the whole thing. we got to make it easy to make. <laughs> Raymond noodles and ricin. And there's a couple more, because now, of course, we've got to roll out everybody on our stupid, compromised cable news networks. You know, I imagine that post-Bin Laden, Al-Qaeda... Al-Qaeda! Uh, ...might be looking for some kind of uh, attention-grabbing uh, attack of some sort. Is, is, is that part of the, of the equation here, that there's con- some concern that Al-Qaeda might be trying to show that it's still relevant, even without Osama Bin Laden? Now, what do we know about uh, Al-Qaeda, John? We know that they are uh, ready for an IPO. Their CEO got killed. They have affiliates... And uh, we should refer to them in the proper context when we're on a bullcrap news network. Well, I don't, you know, I, I think probably there is a desire to attack uh, a revenge for... No, not for this else. guy. Yeah, this guy was on the Bin Laden team, failed uh, up for, uh, from 90 to this 99. This guy is, uh, I can't remember his no, name, no. he's an ex-CIA yeah, guy. I gotta, I gotta just, ask Uncle Don about him. This guy is a he jabroni. He is a, a complete Jabroni, douche. jabroni. He's a jabroni. He looks like a jabroni. Well, listen to what how he how he rolls it out. Uh, for for Bin Laden's killing, surely is on tap. The idea of maybe some kind of a tap around uh, attack around the tenth anniversary. Of course, let's all be afraid about that. But I think the important thing to keep in mind is that that Al Qaeda is an old established firm. Firm. 
firm. Oh, it's the firm. It's the firm now, John. It, 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 they, 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 they can't stop doing what? it. It's the firm. Now listen. Killing its leader is important, but not a, not a, not a fatal blow to them. They've had a, a nuclear program, acquisition program underway since 91, chemical weapons since the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, th this is an old established firm, and the, the fact that they're getting to the point where they can find a way to use these... It have like is, a fresh uh, Dupuis 1853. That's right. <laughs> is, ...is troubling. Probably. And I also have to say that the killing bin Laden uh, will indeed unleash within al-Qaeda people who are much less measured in their approach to attacking ah, them. Yes. Much more willing to kill civilians, much ah. more willing to stage smaller scale attacks inside the United States. Uh, Bin Laden's son once said that the Americans will be very sorry they didn't kill my father in 1998 or 1999 because the next generation is much more vicious. Yeah, yeah, sure. vicious, vicious. Ooh, so then, be very then, afraid. Then we got to roll out Bolton. Because, of course, Bolton, you know, he, he was an ambassador. He's official. He was the ambassador to the United Nations. Hey, let's get Bolton on. That mustache can hide all of the... All of the grimaces he's making. Same here. Well, you, you know what? This is amazing because you only need the smallest amount of rice and just a few grains, grains. like salt. Just grains. a few grains. Like salt. To kill somebody. Kill. Uh, how frightening is this and what is the reality? Well, it's a very real threat. You know, ever real. since the terrorist attacks of 9-11, uh -huh. uh, we've been worried that uh, the really devastating possibility exists that these terrorists, these suicide bombers, would uh, acquire weapons of mass destruction, mm. nuclear, chemical, or biological, so that uh, even the 3,000 deaths of 9-11 would be eclipsed by tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands dead in Millions. a terrorist attack. <laughs> uh, we know from captured documents uh, after we overthrew the Taliban in Afghanistan that Al- Wait a minute. We overthrew them? Is that done? Did you get that memo? We're done? Well, we did, Taliban's we did over? once. Oh, okay. Al and they kind of made a comeback. Oh, okay, they're coming This as a priority. So it's, uh, it's not new in a sense, but it's new in that this is a current, ongoing operation by al-Qaeda in Yemen, apparently. Oh. Uh, and it should underline for all Americans that the war on terror is a long way from over. Yeah! Uh, and if it oh, continues, yeah. could escalate with devastating consequences devastating. Uh, oh. for innocent civilians here or innocent. wherever the terrorist attack. Terrorist. And what's so astounding about this is you need such a little amount. And look what they already did in Yemen. They were able to send, what, remember those printers? Yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Well, if they fill them with rice, then I'd be more impressed. I've got one. I've got a clip to follow on to these clips. Go for it. Wolf Blitzer on 9-11. I want to say <laughs> something about it when it ends because this is... he. Wolf had an exclusive interview with Obama, yeah, and here's what exactly. he comes out of it with. Yeah, I have the whole interview if you want to play it as well. I don't want the whole interview. Right. I just want this. Right. And he sat down with Wolf Blitzer, my colleague, for an in-depth one-on-one interview, and Wolf joins me now. Wolf, uh, congratulations Wolf, on your uh, scoop interview. What was Wolf. the most striking part of it from your point of view? At one point, uh, we started talking about the, the 10th anniversary of 9-11. And uh, I'm very worried, Piers, I don't know about you, but I'm very worried, having studied uh, terrorism in the Middle East for a long time, that Al-Qaeda elements, whatever's left of Al-Qaeda or sympathizers, will seek to do something uh, spectacular on the 10th anniversary of 9-11. And I was wondering how concerned the president was. And uh, he's very concerned, and he specifically is concerned about uh, what he called a lone wolf terrorist emerging, uh, someone along the lines of what happened in Norway. Uh, and uh, he 
he is worried about you know uh, other potentially more significant kinds of terror attacks. Uh, but he says that they're going to step up their precautions. Uh, and uh, it, it it was sort of uh, stark to me that you know the enormous responsibility he has as commander in chief on this the upcoming 10th anniversary. You know that there are Al Qaeda elements who will want to seek revenge against the United States uh, come come on this uh, on this 10th anniversary. And I'm sure he's very concerned about it. All right. He, he's sure they're concerned about it. what he was that talking to. But did he ask him? Yes, he did. Uh, well, and he, here's the thing that got me when he's doing this. He, he this went on a little longer. He made an implication that we killed their leader. Oh, and so they might want to kill Retaliate, our leader. Right. And so now I'm thinking, what is this? Who's was this some sort of a subtle message or telling Obama to get in line? Or we've seen this before where there's these subtle kind of implications that, that that kind of show up in the news media that are like Obama, I, you know, what I didn't get back, like get back to work. What I didn't like and he did the same thing to the president. He says, "I am worried. I have studied terrorism. I am worried there's going to be some kind of massive event on 9/11. I'm Wolf Blitzer." So he's delivering the message. Just listen to a little piece of the actual uh, this piece from the interview. Did you see the interview with Obama? Yeah, it was terrible. The Middle East for a long time, I've covered terrorism for a long time. And I have to tell you, I'm worried that on the 10th anniversary, or approaching the 10th anniversary of 9-11, Al-Qaeda, or what's left of Al-Qaeda, or their supporters, will try to do something to, to seek revenge mm -hmm. for your, your killing bin Laden. How worried should we be about that? How worried are you about that? So, I mean, hey. that's like... He me, 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 me. He's setting it all up. That's not okay. No. And the president He's leading the witness. But the president literally three times in the in the interview talks about a lone wolf. The president brings it does it, you know, unprompted he's talking about well uh, just listen to one answer. Just why I want to hear the president say it. Well, uh, look. Uh, look, look. Look, wolf. Look, look. Look, look. We are vigilant and constantly monitoring potential risks uh, of terrorist attacks. And uh, I think that uh, the men and women in our intelligence uh, uh, agencies, as well as uh, the FBI, have done a, a terrific job, and, and Department of Homeland Security. But uh, the risk is always there. Excuse me, Depart it was the SEALs, dude. It wasn't the Department of Homeland Security. Wait, back that up again. He said that, he's like saying Department of Homeland, it was, it was CIA and the SEALs, it wasn't DHS. Well, you, maybe it wasn't. Well, back it up. Well. Try to do something to, to seek revenge mm -hmm. for your, your killing bin Laden. How worried should we be about By the way, he killed him. Obama, personally, killed him. About that? How worried are you about that? Well, look, uh, look. we are vigilant and constantly monitoring potential risks uh, of terrorist attacks. And... Uh, I think that uh, the men and women in our intelligence uh, uh, agencies, as well as uh, the FBI, have done a, a terrific job, and, and Department of Homeland Security. But hmm. uh, the risk is always there. Uh, and obviously, on a uh, seminal event like the 10th anniversary of 9-11, that makes us more concerned. It means we've got heightened awareness. Uh, the biggest concern we have right now uh, is not the launching of a major terrorist operation, although that risk is always there. Uh, the, the risk that we're especially concerned of right now is uh, the lone wolf terrorist. Uh, somebody with a single weapon uh, being able to carry out uh, wide-scale massacres of the sort that we saw uh, in Norway recently. Nice. Nice way to bring it all home. By the way, 
I got a prediction for the Red Book. Okay. On 9-11, nothing happens. Nothing happens, of course. That's like that's, that's an ease. That's a shoe-in. Of course nothing's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't I got get it to, down. No, I you it. don't get to put that in the book. That's oh, not okay. That's on. not okay. So, but I, but I just want to say one thing. Um, it, so he's talking about a, a lone wolf with a single weapon who could kill a lot of people like in uh, Oslo. Very unfortunate, of course. Um... Try that in Texas, lone wolf. That's what I want to see. I want to see a lone wolf try and kill a lot of people with a single weapon in Texas. Because that won't happen. Because after one shot's fired, this, this lone wolf will get obliterated by an armed population. Yeah, the bigger danger is the stray bullets from the armed population getting you. Well, that's not the point I was trying to make. but no, okay. I know, but it's funnier. <laughs> that's not exactly what I wanted to say. But then... So how crazy is this? So the pre- and, and this interview, and you can uh, listen to the whole clip at uh, 331.nashownotes.com. The president mentions Lone Wolf three times, so he doesn't say anything about ricin, because of course we know that that was the U.S. Cyber Command um, putting out false messages to the Al-Qaeda operatives on their own websites, confusing the boneheads at the New York Times who are selling a book. Please keep that in mind. And then all of a sudden, we get this report from Tampa. He did indeed, and he wrote it down in the manifesto. He also had bought bomb-making supplies, according to Tampa police. He had everything he needed to carry out a massacre at Freedom High School in New Tampa the first day of school. Oh, my goodness. So we have... no. Yes, a lone wolf terrorist. He had bomb-making materials. He had a manifesto, which I think is uh, TV speak for Facebook. And what was this guy's name? John, can you uh, guess what his name was? No, I can't. The teen suspect was expelled from Freedom High School in New Tampa a year and a half ago after Tampa police arrested him for carrying a concealed firearm. Police Chief Jane Castor says Jared Kano planned oh, on... Oh, Jared! Where have I heard that name before? Beautiful. Beautiful. No interviews with classmates. We haven't seen it with no family. What were the bomb making materials? I don't mention that. They don't have Probably any information. A jar of Drano and yeah, I don't know. Uh, you I know don't vinegar. Know. But his name is Jared, so that works because, of course, we had Jared Lofner who shot, uh, allegedly shot uh, Giffords. Like, wow, really? <sighs> I guess Jared's a bad name. It's it's not going to be on the top of the list of what to name your kids. And then I'll finish off uh, this whole Wolf Blitz interview. I watched the whole thing. He did talk about the economy with the president and you know some other things. But the lone wolf thing was extremely disturbing to me. Uh, and then at the end, Wolf does a little throwaway. Ha 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 ha! Because I'm buddies with the president. And uh, a great example set yet again, yet again by uh, the President of the United States. You're re-elected. The last time you were elected, you got Sasha and Malia a cute little puppy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What are you going to get them the next time if you're re-elected? Uh, when I'm re-elected, uh, what I'll be uh, getting them is a continuation of Secret Service so that when boys want to start dating them, uh, they are going to be surrounded by men with guns. Yeah, very good. Ha ha ha. 
somehow I didn't laugh. So is he advocating that. that the best way, the best solution to all, you know problems, fam- familial and other problems, is just to have people surrounded, surrounding your your family with guns? Yes. So he's advocating guns. And is that what he's doing? Yes. And so Obama yes. is promoting guns. Yes. And predator oh, okay. drones. Well, that's fine. I mean, yeah. it's good. I mean, yeah. I think We're Texas for has it. got that right. Yeah. Guns, very good. I'm surprised that gun, you know the, these liberal gun lobby nutballs or anti-gun lobby nutballs are don't come out of the woodwork with this with some commentary about that. But have you heard anything? No, no, no. There was some talk about uh, this. Is so funny. Uh, the president about our economy about uh, adult. This is one for the prediction book. You can put the president now in our little red book. And by the way, for those of you who are new to the program, we do have a little red book. John, could you tweet a picture of that so people can see it? Uh, yeah, I can t- tweet a picture of it. Yeah, and, and all our predictions are written down. And On we the cr- cover, it says Memjet, Think Fast, and it's a red book. I, it's funny, because the first time <laughs> Buzzkill Jr. is in Rome, and I says, oh, the book is actually red. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? We're making this up, Buzzkill Jr.? <laughs> uh, so uh, write this one down for the president. What I think the markets were reacting to is the fact that the economy... Uh, has not grown as quick as it needs to. Uh, there have been a lot of headwinds. The European headwinds. debt crisis. Headwinds. Japan. Japan. Uh, high- just Japan. Just not just Japan. Japan. And and what else is to blame? High gas prices from the Arab Spring. That is such bullcrap. High pr- high gas prices because of the Arab Spring. Really? You're pulling that in now? And what a lot of folks are worried about is, is that the recovery Oops. that we have been on uh, is stalling or not moving as quickly as it needs to. Uh, Do you think we're in danger of another recession? I don't think we're in danger of another recession, but we are in danger of not having a recovery that's fast enough to deal yeah. with what is a genuine unemployment crisis for a whole lot of folks out folks. there. And that's why we need to be doing folks. The cons- folks. All right. No double dip recession. No recession, according to your president. Write it well, down. You know, I, I ran some uh, on the blog. People can check it out. I ran a, a chart from a company out of San Francisco we talk about once in a while called Shadow Stats. And these are s- government uh, statistics that, ha- that are recalculated to what they are in reality. In other I words, saw this. For- yeah, I saw this. And the unemployment rate is, is it, what bothers me about the last one, besides the fact that there's a huge discrepancy between the U3, the U6, and, which is the unemployment numbers, and what Shadow Stats comes up with their numbers. It used to be a fairly reasonable margin between the three numbers, but now it's separating big time, and the unemployment rate is actually increasing. Although the government number is showing it's slightly decreasing, and that concerns me a lot. But Shadow Stats, you can look it up on the internet, shadowstats.com. It's a, 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 a economist out of San Francisco who does all these, makes all these, he shows you what re, what's really going on. It's very, very good Yeah, newsletter. so we're actually at 25% unemployment is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, close to it. Yeah, close to that, yeah. yeah. So, um, of course, we've got to get all kinds of crazy stuff out in the news. Reuters... I couldn't believe Reuters actually did this. Well, what am I saying? Of course I could. They brought back a 2003 study from the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, which found that geomagnetic storms, of which we've had a lot recently, you know, I track this, affect the stock market as traders are more likely to make pessimistic choices. According to the study from the Federal Reserve Bank, so they're saying, hey, the markets, the craziness, oh, no, 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 it's just geomagnetic storms 
you know, I'm I'm not completely away from this theory because I believe that the cycle theory has something to do with people getting literally depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're depressed, you're not going to really be thinking positively. Unusually high levels of geomagnetic activity have a negative statistically and economically significant effect on the on the following week's stock returns for all U.S. stock market indices. The uh, authors found in their report. So nothing to worry about. Once those are gone, everything will go back up. Just give us your money. Gold, by the way, $1,820 today. Yes, John, is it, is it time to, to sell? Point, the time to get, almost time to dump. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, everybody, uh, you can listen to me as uh, you would have sold around uh, 1000 or, uh, or listen to John, that is, or you would have held on to it like me, and you'll take those gold coins to your grave. But they'll be yeah, worth a lot of money. So, so, in other words, all the good it will do you is you never sell. <laughs> in, so, the, in the ongoing uh, anger fest between standards and poors, I'm just sticking with the banksters for a moment. Now, John, you had a great assertion. We, we, we talked about uh, what we accurately pr- predicted, uh, that the debt ceiling would be raised, but that we would get downgraded. And you called this as a fight between the uh, administration, predominantly because of the Dodd-Frank Act, which takes over the, uh, these ratings agencies and uh, subjects them to all kinds of government regulations. So it's really a war, and the uh, CEO of Standards & Poor's, a uh, fine Indian gentleman who does not give a crap about uh, anything but uh, his about ego. About his safety. Yeah, his, his safety. So guess what they've done? Came out today. Um, so, of course, Standards & Poor's uh, downgraded the United States uh, credit rating. And now the Justice Department is investigating whether the nation's largest credit ratings agency, Standards & Poor's, improperly rated dozens of mortgage securities in the, in the years leading oh, up yes, to the financial well, crisis. You can play at this we game. We can play this. We're not going to sit down and let you just do that to us. Outrageous. Well, I, I would say that's better than him getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, you, Indian man. All right, how about uh, a little spot of... Uh... And now, back to real news. I think this uh, this clip will go down in YouTube history for a long time. You know, Anderson Pooper, uh, Anderson Vanderbilt Pooper, he has uh, a segment called, uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know, it's like, he always no, talks you know, about... This is not what those girls are singing. No. Oh, good. No, he has a segment, segment uh, I forget what it's called, and it's about, it's, it's usually about Jersey Shore or something. Yeah, it's called The Ridiculous, ridiculous Moment or The Ridiculous, thing. The Ridiculous. And, uh, you know, we... The ridiculous. We, list, yeah. And we laugh about a lot of stupid, inane humor on this show, so I'm, I'm not saying that that's not okay, but I don't think we've actually had this type of girlish giggling from Anderson Pooper himself. The news report comes out that Gérard Depardieu. Oh, 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 hold on a second. You don't obviously watch the ridiculous. No, of course that I don't. Much. No, of course I That's don't. That's what he does constantly. It's nothing but girlish giggling. No, no, you haven't heard this one. You have not right. heard this one. Because, of course, there's nothing funnier than laughing about poop. Right? We know that. That's what CNN is all about. Yeah, if you're 12. Yeah, exactly. So Anderson comes out, and he obviously didn't, I don't know if he wrote it himself or not, but so Gerard Depardieu apparently was drunk on an airplane, he, he needed to go to the bathroom, uh, the stewardess said, no, shut up, slave, you can't, we're, you know, we're on the active taxiway, and then I guess he tried to pee in a bottle, and he peed on the, uh, um, on the, in, 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 in,
And so Anderson comes up with this ridiculous, which I had just clipped a little bit of it, but it's like an eight-minute segment, and every single word is a pun about uh, urine. And then, of course, he has to he has to go there. He has to take it to to uh, poop. And this this is your fine news organization and the outstanding outstanding journalist Anderson Pooper Vanderbilt. Well, there is a bright side. <laughs> Stop laughing, it's distracting. <laughs> now that we know he doesn't have any stage fright when it comes to public urination, maybe he can get together with his fellow castmates from La Vienna Rose and they can all have a pissing contest. You know, like a, a pee-off. Pee-off, because the movie was about Edith Pee-off. said pee-off. So after Gerard took his little solo flight to urination, the plane had to turn around and go back to the gate, and some unlucky cleaning crew had to deal with the Golden Globe winning tinkle. Now, all I can say is they should thank their lucky stars it wasn't Depard too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that made me giggle every time I read it. He hasn't commented on this incident. <laughs> Depard too. I know you got it, but <laughs> all right. Sorry. <laughs> Can you believe this idiot? Unbelievable. It keeps going on. Sorry, this is actually never happened to me. Always <laughs> oh, see this sort of thing Milton on Girl? Poo. I said poo. <laughs> I said poo. I said poo. Oh, poo. <laughs> Harvey Corman working with Tim Conway. I mean, what is this? Douchebag. That's what that is. Oh. I want to get a couple of clips out of the way before we take our break. Yeah, good, good idea. And by the way, we forgot to mention Dvorak.org slash NA during the first. Uh, oh, I'm, you know, I apologize. My faux pas. Dvorak.org slash NA. We get like no donations when we forget to yeah, do that. Yeah, we do. And, and by I'm, the way, we haven't gotten that many this week. So and we, oh, we forgot we, it. We did very poorly, I think. Yeah, we forgot it last so week. So Ron Paul was. Ron Paul came in second in the straw poll and probably won the thing because uh, Michelle Bachman bought 6,000 votes cash for $180,000. Oh, tell me about that. I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. No, to to vote in a straw poll, you got to cough up 30 bucks. To show your sincerity. Oh, so but she so she bought the uh, the tickets. She bought six thousand votes oh. and forty five hundred people voted for her. So think about that. The other fifteen hundred took her money and voted for Ron Paul. Apparently, and some people still think Ron Paul actually won the thing and the numbers were rigged. It's a rigged. It's bullcrap. It's rigged. Yeah. But anyway, but he they, they, the media has been avoiding, and we've talked about this on the show forever that they've avoided talking about Ron Paul. So John Stewart defends him fairly well in a fairly long segment that I clipped down quite a bit called Ron Paul support and play that. And then I want to do the follow up, which is a disgusting CNN example. And then the kicker we'll talk about after we finish these clips. So now with plenty dropping out, Rick Perry dropping in and Michelle Bachman and Ron Paul dominating the Ames straw poll. We got ourselves a race. We have a top tier. It is Mitt Romney, Rick Perry and Michelle Bachman. We have a new top tier and it's Perry, Mitt Romney, and Bachman. There's now a top tier in this race, top at least for tier. now, of Romney, Perry, and Bachman. I mean, I think that's fair to say. Really fair to say? You're not forgetting, I don't know, anyone, say, an ideologically consistent 12-term congressman who came within less than 200 votes of winning the straw poll? Isn't anyone going to give that gentleman a little love? 
there's a top tier now of, of, of Bachman and Perry and Romney. And, you know, we haven't mentioned, and we should. Thank you. We haven't mentioned, and we should, Rick Santorum, who did really surprisingly well for the amount of money and resources he had. Rick Santorum? He didn't get half of what Ron Paul got. He lost to the guy who lost so bad he dropped out of the race. Santorum? We're looking at Mitt Romney, who continues to be the front runner, but we have Rick Perry as well, and now Michelle Bachman. Let's not count out John Huntsman, though. <laughs> what? John Huntsman? Huntsman got 69 votes. And by the way, this pretending Ron Paul doesn't exist for some reason has been going on for weeks. A new Gallup survey showing Rick Perry running second to Mitt Romney, knocking down Iowa favorite Michelle Bachman to fourth. Behind who? Fourth behind who? How did Libertarian Ron Paul become the 13th floor in a hotel? Why? What's wrong with... He is Tea Party patient zero. All that small government grassroots business, he planted that grass. These other folks, they're just moral majorities in a tri-cornered hat. Ron Paul's the real deal, and Fox News should love this guy. Which I say is proof that uh, Fox News is run by Democrats. Yeah, well, I, 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 there's no question about it. But here's another thing that's interesting. Both uh, Hannity and Rush Limbaugh poo-poo Ron Paul in all kinds of different ways. Rush is interesting because he's very defensive about it. He says that the problem with Ron Paul is that he's going to make the Republican Party look crazy. And then he says, then he makes the assertion on the show on Monday that Ron Paul has nothing to do with the Tea Party. He kind of takes credit for it, but it's not actually true that, you know, which is bull crap. He is the the one who started the Tea Party. But we'll skip that. And let's go to this clip, which is the Ron Paul support two clip which is a which is the kicker to the to the Stewart bit which i don't mind lifting uh broadly after he like took our material and didn't credit us um let's say this is the uh the part two where the cnn guys they literally on the air say they don't want to cover him and even when the media does remember Ron Paul, it's only to reassure themselves how there's no need to remember Ron Paul. Right now, live, right next to the bus behind us, Ron Paul is speaking. And seven of the candidates are here today. We have live pictures of Ron Paul, but you know what? We're talking about Sarah Palin and we're talking about Rick Perry, the two people not in the race yet, Drew. And guess what, Paul? If you get video of Sarah Palin or get a soundbite from her, bring that back to us. You can hold the Ron Paul stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, f- that guy. Right, right. <laughs> we'll be right back. Can I uh, insert a, a quick little CNN clip where they had uh, a woman from Reason Magazine on talking about this? Go. I think Ron Paul is getting a tremendous amount of coverage for someone who's yeah. never going to be president. He knows that, the press knows that, everyone's behaving as if he's never going to be president. That said, he's bringing some great, you know, overlooked issues into the debate, think there's a long, proud tradition of, of fringy candidates mixing things up and making it exciting. And I think Michelle Bachman is in that tradition. I'm surprised that the debate isn't more about how she's being overcovered than that he's being undercovered. So. Again, I think he is someone who is out there to make a point. And 
he's doing fantastically well. Think about how he lines up against somebody like Gary Johnson, who holds very similar views, some might argue a little bit more coherently, and yet has been not even included in the debates. So, uh, you know, if I were Ron Paul, uh, it makes sense that he's saying, hey, hey, look at me, I'm over here. But uh, I don't think it's unfair at all to, to simply say the guy's not going to be president. He doesn't have a plan for being president. He's great when he talks about principle. He's terrible when he talks about politics and what he would actually do if he made it into the Oval Office. That's because he knows he's never going to get there. Well... Unbelievable propaganda. He has a, what is that little thing he he always um oh yeah the Constitution is his plan for being president. You twerp. So 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 Stewart does this bit on Monday, and it was pretty funny. By Wednesday, all of a sudden, Stewart is not mentioning Ron Paul at all. He's got that uh, that that guy who used to be the head of the Republican Party, that black guy. What's his name? Yeah, uh, the guy who uh, got caught paying for strippers. Oh, is that right? Yeah, remember he was uh, he uh, expensed uh, drinks at a strip club in Los Angeles. Oh, right. There was a party, and yeah, yeah. it wasn't. A, yeah, it was overblown. It was bull crap. They yeah. just wanted to. Anyway, they didn't, they didn't want, want a black guy running the thing. No. So anyway, he's on the show. He's the ex head of the Republican uh, National Committee. He, he's he starts throwing out the same memes about whether well, there's three people, and then he starts mentioning other people that aren't involved. Not once through the entire interview, I was watching it with Buzzkill Jr., and we're, our jaws dropped because it was like. He never, Stewart never mentions Ron Paul again. Here he's got the guy. He could ask him, what's the deal with Ron Paul? That's all he has to do. What's the deal with Ron Paul? How come they're marginalizing him? And the, and the guy can answer. Nothing. You know, had this big weekend. Rick Perry, everybody was all excited yeah. to get him in there. They're already talking about, hey, what about Paul Ryan and Chris Christie? Let's get those guys can in. We, can we stop the noise on that already? Yeah. I mean, the reality of it is this field is set, and you've got the top tier. How many times did you hear that term the last uh, right. past week? But you've got uh, the three uh, folks who are going to be leading the charge. You've got, uh, you know, Herman Cain and, and uh, Newt Gingrich, who I think uh, did himself really well in, in the last debate, you know, in terms of laying out some policy. Is Newt Gingrich? So he's still running? Yeah, he's still running. Yeah, believe it or not. My man Newt's still running. But I think, you know, all of this conversation by a lot of the establishment types, particularly in Washington. You're talking about establishment Journal, Republican types. Establishment Republicans, whether you're talking Carl Rove, you're talking the Wall Street Journal, they just right. cut that noise out because what it they're does They're not is satisfied. It, they're not satisfied and, right. and too bad. Get over it. You know, the reality okay. of it is these are the folks who are going to be running. Uh, all those other individuals are not going to get into this race, race at this point because right. they've got to get on the ballot in 50 states and that's a process that takes time. They got to raise the money. They got to put the organization in place. And if they haven't done it by now, particularly given where Perry Bachman and Romney are, it's just not going to happen. I don't well, care how Perry, far hold on, I'll just kill it. Yeah. So this is Michael Steele. Perry just got in. Yeah. Like what? Three days ago. Yep. Four days ago, Ron Paul's been running for months. So, so you just screw all these guys. Never once has he mentioned this. Obviously, a memo came down at Comedy Central, which I believe is Viacom. Oh, it's Viacom. Yes, it is. And so it comes down saying, hey, look, it was fun what you did on Monday. Just drop it. John Stewart it. has no backbone. There you go. He, not only does he steal our bits, which comedians do not do, uh, but he's uh, weak. But but worse than that, it's like it's, well, he's making money doing this. He can't. He is. He is compromised. He's compromised. He has advertisers that probably don't like Ron Paul. There's all these things, which is why we don't, don't take, take commercial and money. And we don't work for somebody like you know.
I'm sorry. Do you know what, Jen? <laughs> Imagine all the people who could do company. that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Ah, uh, the best laid plans. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah, but that's absolutely right. This is, and, uh, you know, I was talking to my, uh, my aunt, Meg, who is uh, one of the most amazing people I know. And, uh, and she actually takes me aside from time to time when I'm here. And uh, she says, you know, this is really interesting what you're doing. This, uh, you, you are so right about the future of news and uh, not having, uh, being able to say whatever you want, want to say, not having advertisers, uh, having the ability or having some group force your advertisers to pull out, which is even worse, which we've seen happen as well. And uh, she actually says that she, said she thinks that we might be the future of news. Now, I disagree because all we do is sit around and watch C-SPAN, but we're doing okay on that front, and there is good reporting out there, it's just it never makes it above the fold. And the only way that happens is by not taking any money from anyone except from the listeners who enjoy an outstanding product. Obviously right. not quite that outstanding because we did very no, we poorly. got very few donations this last week, although it's the dog days, which is always the worst month. I mean, August is horrible. But beside the point, people are still listening. I'm sure some of them will catch up eventually. But we do have some people to thank uh, for helping us out this uh, show. T- Stephen Taft in uh, Marietta, Georgia. Uh, for the 45th wedding anniversary, amazing married in 66, 45 years, equals 111. We never thought about that angle. Ooh, that's a very good one. I like it. Uh, can you believe it? Use it for gas and more karma for my hiking buddy, now finished with chemo and waiting for test results. Give him a shout, karma. Yeah, we definitely want some karma going out because we hate the, the cancers. That's a stupid-ass cancer. You've got karma. Ugh, makes me mad. Uh, please call him Steve Taft, by the way. He's going to be heading for knighthood, gets the podcast licenses and falling behind. With what Adam uh, on the road and all, I'll just continue to listen illegally until mine arrives. Sean Rice in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, $91.11. Love of the Sunday show. That's the kind of analysis I'm happy to pay for. Thanks, guys, for watching all the crappy television because I don't want to. <laughs> no Sir Samuel Vanderplank uh, in Belgium. $77.70, hoping Adam uh, will drive next year across Europe. I, I'm all for this, by the way. No. I registered hotpockets2009.eu. <laughs> Additionally, I forwarded these donations to the No Agenda. I Is JP Morgan still in business.com? Happyanddistracted.com? GitmoReport.eu. That's a good one. GitmoReport.be and GitmoReport.com. All good, yeah. I don't know how that didn't get. Derek Boley, uh, yeah, Boley in North Sydney, uh, New South Wales, donating for my birthday. He's 50 for double nickels on the dime, 17th of August. Got a birthday call out. Should Adam get about 50 yards down the road in the RV Duchess uh, when I donated a similar amount last year? Fellow NA listener David Bettany emailed me and thanked me for not naming him as a douchebag. This year, not so lucky. <laughs> Douchebag. <laughs> That's actually quite funny. Yeah, that is. I like that. Uh, Stephen Anto in Toledo, Ohio, in the morning. Uh, double nickels on the dime. I'm the guy who requested the emergency karma last month for my grandmother. I'm a little bit late, but I hope this makes up to you. Sadly, my grandmother passed away, but everything else is falling into place nicely. I'd love to uh, get a lone wolf squirrel and get out of you. 
and get out of your way, he get out of the way. If you can give him a lone wolf squirrel. I can give him a, a lone wolf squirrel. There you go. Just listening to the first shows, Adam literally says, the show has no jingles and no theme song for at least the first three episodes. So um, then we have uh, 55 bucks from Melissa Case in the Metairie, uh, Louisiana, and Black Knight George Vanderhorst in Cats Hovel. Cats Hovel. Yeah, home of ca- dead cats, <laughs> Netherlands, $50, and Jason Dozier. Uh, also from Kansas City, Kansas, uh, fifty, and that's that's it for this week's. Uh, well, we actually uh, we do have episode. a couple of um, uh, oh, we, on the road donors. Yeah, a couple of on the road donors for sure. Now we had two meetups. First of all, I do want to uh, pass out um, some uh, karma uh, to Sir Rory Stone, and of course, whenever a Sir comes into the mix, he says. Uh, uh, hopes of karma, getting my MPA, but sorting out loans and admissions, so he needs a, a shot of corn- karma. You've got karma. And we love to do that. Um, I have some special karma for Kathy, uh, who could not come to the meetup in uh, Pennsylvania, Shikshini, uh, as uh, she had just started her second, uh, I think her second round of, uh, of chemo. But uh, it was great. Her, uh, her family was there. Did you see the Facebook pictures, John? Did you see the kids with the... The slave T-shirts on? Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, one had happy, as in happy slave, and the other one had distracted. And they had her husband, a lovely guy, who had the uh, I'm with Crackpot T-shirt. And so she, Kathy couldn't make it, uh, but she has secretly, and uh, I wasn't allowed to talk about it, but uh, her husband didn't know about it. Uh, but she's secretly been uh, an 11-11 donor, and uh, we called her up and had a nice chat, and she's been propagating the formula there in the hospital, getting all the, the hot nurses uh, to listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> I that's think what we need. That's what we need, more of that. So, Kathy, this is for you. Super karma. You've got karma. So, from the Pennsylvania meetup, and again, thanks to our uh, producers, uh, Michael and Sarah, what a fantastic time we had. Uh, we had a 33333 uh uh, donation from uh, Scott Shellhammer and uh, <clears throat> his note in the morning of close 33333 to support the Hot Pockets tour to begin my knighthood. More importantly, I'm supporting an outstanding pro. Excuse me, I'm supporting an outstanding program that keeps me informed without uh, treating me like an advertising commodity. These days, that is hard to come by. I'd ask for karma, but I already got some. I began listening to No Agenda a year ago as a considerable douchebag. I was an overworked, stressed-out college kid whose dream internship didn't get funding. In the months following my introduction to No Agenda, my backup internship turned out to be the best experience possible. I graduated with honors, got a well-paying techno-expert job, and met an amazing girl, my amazing girlfriend. I feel like I've uh, cheated you by getting good karma without donating. My apologies. Please send karma to our family and friends, Ricky and Kathy. They're great people that are responsible for our family listening to No Agenda. So they uh, get another shout out there, of course. You've got karma. And we appreciate that. Gary Miller donated $100. Sir Dave, uh, known as uh, November 3 Papa Romeo Oscar, uh, who was, uh, of course, a knight. It was nice to meet him, by the way. He had the most awesome T-shirt on. <clears throat> with uh, what was that uh, the Operation T-shirt? Uh, the game Operation. Anyway. Don't know it. Yeah, one hundred eleven dollars fifteen cents. Uh, then we got Joe and Mary Costello, and I have a note uh, from them. Uh, we hope that you are enjoying your. Uh 
Hot Pockets 2008 tour. Here's $50 to help feed the Duchess. We are looking forward to a Hot Pockets 2009 feed tour. The feed the Duchess. Safe uh, travels with the tour. Uh, then we have uh, Victoria Shell uh, Shellhammer. She gave us eighty-one dollars and forty cents. Uh, just absolutely uh, beautiful to receive that. And uh, we had an uh, on, oh John Bolland fifteen dollars fifty dollars. Thank you. We had an on the site uh, knighting Andrew Schmidt, uh, who had already uh, uh, donated up to nine hundred and seventy-four dollars and eighty-five cents. Uh, he brought an extra fifty dollars, and I needed uh, uh, knighted him with a meat cleaver. Uh, we had an on-the-spot nighting. It's dangerous. Uh, yes, pictures at itm.im slash tour08, and we'll be nighting him momentarily. Uh, and then Elliot Gardner, uh, wants, he had donated $60, uh, wanted me to call out uh, Chris Coulson as a douchebag. We'll do that here. Uh, hold on a second. My, uh, my irrigation sack is stuck. Douchebag! And he wanted some karma for uh, his uh, upcoming wedding, his nuptials to his uh, lovely uh, future spouse, Krista, uh, the cripple. Uh, she had a broken foot, and uh, they make a beautiful couple. So here's some karma for your nuptials. You've got karma. Then we moved on to Boston. Uh, Sir Frizz organized a, a great meetup. It was unfortunate. It rained really hard, um, and it was just it was a miserable night, but uh, people still came out. Uh, Sir Frizz, thank you so much for donating you $100, uh, $100 uh, dollars to uh, the Duchess. Uh, then we have Mike, uh, Rabbi Mike, who came in with uh, $33.33. Thanks for the show that makes people uh, think most of my generation has grown up being bottle-fed the news, and it is all we know, so we swallow it wholesale. You two do great work, and it's so easy to get people that I pass the show on to get hooked. Interesting. Uh, please accept the low amount included. I had hoped to have had more included um, three weeks ago, my heart stopped for 15 seconds. I was uh, lifelined to the hospital, just waiting for the fuel bill for that trip. <laughs> oh, God. Feeling fine and glad to be still alive. I think uh, that deserves a little bit of karma for sure. Let me hit you with that. You've got karma. Uh, Jim Spitzer, lovely guy. I had a nice chat with him. Uh, $100 from him. And uh, then we have uh, Patrick Daly, and Patrick came in with $100. He splits it up as follows, $33.33 for the Common Sense with Dan Carlin podcast license, $33.33 for the Hacker Public Radio podcast license, which uh, uh, we need to listen to, apparently, uh, hackerpublicradio.org, HPR, which I like, and $33.33 for my mothership boarding pass, a total of $99.99. As you know, we always are happy to toss in an extra penny, so we'll do that in this, in this case. So uh, thank you all very much. I think I've got everybody. Uh, Bill Arcan, did I mention him? $100 just to make sure. Um, and, of course, we will have a New York, New Jersey meetup uh, taking place um, Friday. And uh, details to follow, but that will be in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. And Miss Mickey has had quite a time organizing this particular um, meetup because, of course, uh, if you know anything about Jersey and New York, it's uh, a f- oil, a fire, and water essentially. And the New York people don't want to go to Jersey. The Jersey people don't want to go to New York. And since I don't feel much like driving the Duchess into uh, Manhattan. Uh, we have opted for Hoboken, of course, birthplace of uh, Frank Sinatra and a fine college town. So thank you all very much. What's the college <clears throat> there? Ah, it's where all the college kids hang out. That's where they live. Instead of Manhattan. 
It's not a college town. It's a, where college kids live. I'm sorry. Let me put it that way. The University of Hoboken. Surely you've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so please help us out. Um, it's slow these summer months. A lot of people on vacation. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And we would also like to thank our artists who have been, uh, who continue to do an outstanding job on all of the No Agenda album art. It really is, uh, it matters. When we have great art, donations go up. It's just a fact. There's no other way to look at it. Well, we had great art on the last show. Maybe the show just sucked. So, really short list, of course, uh, it's uh, that time of the year. Derek Bolly, uh, his birthday was on the 17th. That was yesterday celebrating, so we say happy birthday on behalf of all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. <laughs> and then we have to do the uh, official knighting of uh, Sir Andrew. So, uh, John, if you could uh, grab your blade there, that would be very nice. Schmidt, please step forward, extend your middle finger, or your ring finger, size 11.5. You, of course, have received your official knighting at the the meetup there in Shikshini, Pennsylvania. And we are hereby very proud to thank you for your support of the No Agenda podcast show. In excess of $1,000, we hereby pronounce the Sir Andrew Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please enjoy your booze and hot pants on the house at the round table. Dvorak.org slash NA, also uh, channeldvorak.com slash NA, uh, noagendanation.com. And by the way, there are still a few of those 333 uh, challenge coins available, which you might want to check out before show 333, which is coming up. We encourage people to get on 333 and get a, a double uh, dose of uh, executive producerhood. And also noagendashow.com uh, is a link to the donation page there. Uh, wow. I got one. Yeah, Another sure. weird foot story. Oh, no. Foots. Foots this is a little ocean. different. A little different. Oh, that's my cue? Well, yeah. <laughs> and a bizarre discovery in the bay by a Hayward man. Al Frazier says that he was fishing near Treasure Island on Sunday when he spotted something floating nearby. Turns out it was an artificial leg complete with a sock and shoe. Fraser says that he was going to toss it back, but instead he's going to keep it in hopes of finding the owner. <laughs> that doesn't count. I don't think it does, but I, I just thought it was funny. Now, the, unless the, 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 somehow the currents are changing. There were some feet that did wash up uh, over the last week or so, though, although I didn't document them. Oh, well. As long as we got the artificial limb, that's good enough. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, I, I have to say that uh, Russia Today did a, a very interesting piece, and this comes along with something else that I heard on... Ooh, um, I think it was our national treasure. You know, we're driving a lot, and the mo- the strongest signal you can receive anywhere is NPR. Of course, so that's re- a government signal. There's really no getting around it. And they had a uh, professor on uh, from uh, who was at Tahrir Square. Remember, if you want to be taken seriously in journalism, you got to pronounce it right. So it's Mubarak and Tahrir Square. Tahrir Square. And uh, he was in the midst of all the uh, all the tweeters, 
and all the Facebookers and everything going on. Now, let's recall that Andy Carvin, who is the, uh, what's it, what is his title again? Techno expert, no doubt. But he is retweeting everything that he receives that he can't, of course, there's no way for him to vet any of this. Nothing is vetted. It's all bull crap. And it seeps right into the news stream. We have all the major uh, news outlets, including the compromised Big Three, Four Networks. They all take whatever's on Twitter as fact. And we know that the State Department of the United States of America is training up to 5,000, we know for sure. And another, what was it, another couple thousand in Belarus recently, training people how to uh, start revolutions on Twitter. Right, and how to actually write what essentially is a press release so that, that our media can pick it up and run with it. Of course, if that happens here or in the United States of Gitmo East, then it's then we have to stop oh, that. We have shut to down. Shut, shut it down. down because people have their constitutional right to safety. Flash so, mobs. Flash mobs. Can't have any of that. Here's what the professor from Egypt said about his experience as he was in the middle of the uh, riots and people being shot at in Tahrir Square. Nothing would have worked, he said. That's absolutely true. And it's not just the muscle, but it's actually the actual physical presence. So the nature of the grievances that people had in the front lines were very different than what was being reported on Twitter at the exact same time. And the phenomenon around Twitter, where you have to retweet things that your friends say, tends to create something of an echo chamber. Give me an example of what you just described. I was actually in and around Tahrir, and there was supposed to be a big protest in front of the Interior Ministry. And some of the folks on the Twitterverse I was seeing were claiming that there were hundreds of police security directly um, shooting even live rounds in the air at people. While I was at this protest, I actually was watching where some of the people were who I was following on Twitter, and I saw them at the periphery of the protest. And then I went to the front lines, and I was observing what was going on over there, and I didn't observe any sort of live rounds or anything being fired into the air other than rubber bullets and tear gas canisters. So it's sort of a game of telephone. I think people sort of observe or they hear something and they think that that might be a phenomenon that they're reporting on, for example, a live round. And then because of retweeting where people sort of echo one another's thoughts and they want to spread it to their own audiences, right, that's actually going to create the mass distortion of something that was initially just a little bit off of reality. Do you and think this, the interview stopped not This guy's got to be thrown off the air immediately. Do <laughs> not inter- give him any more airtime. <laughs> the interview stopped uh, not long after that. <laughs> Thank you very much, Professor. I mean, really, this is an Andy Carvin. Hello, Andy. Andy Carvin is the number one retweeter. This is all he does is retweets. He retweets for the State Department. Oh, I'm sorry, for PBS. Yes. NPR. NPR. Um, And then uh, along these same lines, uh, and this actually, it was a good good summation piece that's kind of good to play near the end of the show here. Um, uh, and by the way, by the way, I want to warn people to stay tuned at the end of the show. I do have a clip that I want to play at the end of the show. It's called the clip is called "Is This Rick Perry?" I believe I've caught Rick Perry uh, in a in a different kind of job. Uh, it'll be it, just believe it. Just think Rick Perry and, you, and listen to this clip. And is that something we need to discuss, or is it just no, end, no, end no? Show no just play it and we'll be fine. Clip. Okay, good. Um, so, of course, we already pulled all of this phony baloney all this fake twitter um uh, you know the uh, the the state department the u.s cyber command which by the way uncle don's like we have that (laughs) that was pretty funny like really 
what would he need with all that? Um, that it's all, it's just phony. And they picked up, finally, now that it's the 18th of August, they pick up on the internet in a suitcase, which is uh, a fine program that is uh, being sponsored by the State Department. Of course, the entire idea is that we set up a network that is run by the State Department and that we can basically follow you along the way as we give you our version of the Internet. I thought it was a nice piece that Russia Today put together. Uh, Once again, though, unfortunately, uh, they uh, have not visited the website currydvoraconsulting.com as uh, they do not have the proper introduction uh, or the proper uh, host uh, and uh, the, uh, the right casting to bring this news to you. Part of what Secretary Clinton calls a venture capitalist approach to addressing the wide range of challenges that democracy and human rights activists face in internet repressive environments around the world. Centralized servers like this one can easily be cut by governments, but the internet in a suitcase is designed to give dissidents a mobile web with mesh technology that runs through cell phones and other devices, making it harder to cut. The founder of his own clearinghouse of confidential documents, John Young, worries that American suitcase servers will serve another purpose. The suitcase is meant to give the illusion that you can run these electronic devices without going through national systems. And that may be true, but they will, they will not be outside the U.S. system. Young says the suitcase is just part of so-called liberation technology that has its advantages for the U.S. The prize that you get for being empowered is that the United States gets to watch what you're doing and probably influence what you're doing. And it isn't just government, ah. according to the Hackers Collective Anonymous, which released 70,000 classified emails from defense contractor H.B. Gary Federal about the Roma's coin program. Roma's Coin is a surveillance project. You have Apple participating. You have Google participating, both through uh, single, you know, national intelligence agencies. Brown says Roma's Coin is partly designed to manipulate social media. One of the really more bizarre and dangerous capabilities uh, that have come to light recently through the H.P. Gary emails. The persona management involves uh, the use of software by which a single person can pretend to be several other people who they're clearly not. This software would allow the U.S. military to push their agenda by flooding social media, forums already influenced by so-called witness bloggers. International outrage at the kidnapping of a self-declared lesbian blogger in Syria had real policy implications, until Amina turned out to be this American man. And I feel really guilty about that. Others say there's a contradiction between support for internet freedom abroad and subpoenas of alleged WikiLeaks collaborators at home, including Private Bradley Manning. Posner says the suitcase is just part of a larger internet freedom agenda. Don't shoot. The instant messenger. (laughs) Instead, address the underlying grievances. But these platforms appear less welcome when activists take to the streets at home. In San Francisco, police cut cell phone services on the metro during protests. It does leave the local San Francisco city government open to charges of hypocrisy. I mean, you can imagine uh, the the Egyptian government saying, uh, well, now look, uh, the United States does it too. And following riots in London, there is talk of shutting down social media. We are working with the police, the intelligence services and industry to look at whether it would be right to stop people communicating via these websites and services when we know they are plotting violence, disorder and criminality. The U.S. will spend $70 million on internet circumvention technology in 2011 abroad, even as tough questions remain at home. 
So, uh, I'm you know, tra- this is nothing we haven't been covering no, no, for I weeks know, on it. I know. But I know. where is this girl from? Is she in the 12th grade? Yeah, it's horrible. She can't even read. These guys don't get it. They don't understand. Now, of course, this is Russia. This is it wasn't Russia. a bad report if she had somebody that could actually deliver it. Yeah. And it's uh, and by the way, they lifted everything from our show from the past six months, but that's okay. You know, it's okay when they catch up. But hey, guys, stop taking our consulting for free, or do us a favor, get some hot women on that channel. So I've got an interesting clip, which is kind of uh, it was just it was done. There was a lot of good stuff from the Brookings Institute, and this was from the I didn't even heard of this, the National University for Defense or something. And everybody in the audience was it was a spook or Rand or some. And some Rand guy came up, and he was asking about how uh, when we're we going to get out of these damn wars, and uh, when we're we going to leave Iraq. By the way, didn't we do a show about six months ago when we had the guys coming out driving those trucks out of Iraq, and it was the it was yeah, the but Rachel Rachel Maddow was on them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought we already left, but no, apparently we're still there fighting. So Hillary now tells us that we're out for sure by the end of the year, even though I thought we we're already out. And but we might be invited back, and if we're invited back, and then she drops this little bomb in there, like they always do in these little events when they're talking to this, their their fellows, uh, that uh, they, they have on good authority that we're going to be asked back. Oh, really? Oh, that's yes. interesting. Of approaching yes, the future. Well, that, that's why I wanted to be very clear that the combat mission is over, and our troops are leaving, and they are, you know, in the process of, you know literally packing up and that was what we agreed to and i agree with you that that is very much in america's interest to keep that commitment but what leon is saying is also important you know if a country comes to us within what we would view as a normal diplomatic relationship and says you know my troops need training they're not yet what they need to be i'm going to need continuing help on uh, collecting intelligence, learning how to do it for counterterrorism purposes, I think it would be uh, irresponsible of us not to listen to what they're requesting. And indeed, the Iraqis have not made a formal request, but we have reason to believe that they are certainly discussing it internally. Oh, and where do we send the bill, Hillary? Who pays for that, for that reasonable request? So, uh, oh man, yeah, I saw. So there's this. your giveaway. I see. Yeah, of course. That we're not really. We're gonna maybe leave officially leave, and we make a big announcement. And Obama said we got the troops out, and then they're gonna request because they have it on good authority that they're gonna do this. What good authority we don't know. In other words, it's rigged. Yeah. And there, so we're gonna go right back into Iraq. Or we're gonna send a bunch of Blackwater guys in or something. It's just gonna <laughs> keep costing us money. And uh, I saw this with Leon Panetta. They were both on the on the stage. And she also said, and I, maybe I should have clipped that, she, says, she, she trusts Karzai implicitly. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, great. A guy, a guy with calf fetuses shaped into a hat. That's my guy with a cape. <laughs> I like the cape. The cape is a good touch. <laughs> I like the cape. I think I'm going to start wearing a cape. <laughs> hey, that, you know, and, and a cane. A cape and a cane. That would look good on you. I think it would. With a shiv in the cane. Shiv. So meanwhile, we were doing the same thing. We I picked up a Libyan update by a French commander, which makes zero sense. Uh, but he apparently, according to the French commander running the NATO operation, the Libyans, they've lost already. And, and now it's not a matter of days, not weeks. 
Does but not- it's just like some of the, 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 the even try to understand this guy, I think, is, is a good moment of humor. Have uh, uh, any more uh, an effective operational capability. Uh, it could certainly, uh, uh, as I mentioned in French, throw the dishes against the wall to make <laughs> a bit of noise. Uh, but we do not believe uh, that it could uh, generate a significant operational effect. The rebels themselves sent victory, continuing to take small towns like this one along the road between their stronghold of Benghazi and the capital. Yeah. Yeah, it's working out great. What, what was that again? How long would it take? I, I can't remember. Days, I think. Was Play that clip. That Gaddafi needs to go. But let me emphasize that we uh, anticipate this transition to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of weeks. Okay, good. When was that? How many months and months ago was that? That was March 21st, 2011. Yeah. Day, and we days, are now, uh, say March, April, May, June, July, August. Five months. It's still days. days. That's it's a lot days. of days. Yeah, you know, a heck of a lot like of days. days. When it comes to days, Five, you know. Know, that's good days. Good days. Good times. Good days. And uh, the Afghanistan thing? Oh, by the way, by the way, they're in this clip that they show with the French commander talking guy. He's kind of like, you're French. Uh, he, they show that one of these, these jabronis, you know, on the back of a pickup truck with some anti-aircraft gun and the guy's got his butt over the side and he's trying, he's firing this gun just aimlessly. They get whatever weapons they have, the, just yeah, shooting it into the, the woods. Yeah, for the show. Yeah, for the show. Boom, boom. Hey man, two- hey man, sh- just shoot that. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Get out of the shot. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Shoot. Hey, did you get that? Yeah, great B-roll. Thanks, boss. We'll send that back to home base. It's about right. It's exactly what it is. And then for those of you just getting by here at home, uh, if you're on food stamps, I'd like you to know that you can be very proud that you are actually helping the U.S. economy. This is uh, part of a (laughs) stimulus program. I was unaware of this, but Tom Vilsack who, of course, uh, as you know, was a uh, lead lawyer for our friends over at... Monsanto. And he is uh, now uh, the, the guy in charge of the FDA... Uh, uh, the FDA is it FDA? No. Uh, the, what's uh, agriculture? D- Department of Agriculture? Yeah. Yeah. It turns out Department of Agriculture runs the food stamp program. I was unaware of this. But it is not just a program. Those of you on food stamps, and I know many of you are listening to this program because it's a free program, thank you very much for stimulating the American economy. Question. Mr. Secretary, good morning. Uh, many people don't know that actually food stamps falls under the Department of Agriculture, and a, and a report was just released that uh, the one in seven Americans now are, are currently on food stamps. Uh, just getting what is, by. What strategies. What's what's being done right now, and kind of being done going forward that you think is really addressing uh, you know poverty and the poor within the country, and and, and bringing some alleviation to those kind of numbers. Well, obviously, it's putting people to work, which is why we're going to propose uh, some interesting things during the course of the forum this morning. Uh, Later this morning, we're going to have a press conference with myself and Secretary Mavis and Secretary Chu to announce something that's never happened in this country, which we think is exciting in terms of job growth. But I should point out that when you talk about the SNAP program or the food stamp program, you have to recognize that it's also an economic stimulus. Every dollar of SNAP (laughs) benefits generates $1.84 in the economy in terms of economic activity. 
we'll just crank it up. If more in the grocery store, then someone's got to stock it, shelve it, package it, process it, ship it. All of those are jobs. Uh, it's the most direct stimulus you can get into the economy during tough times. The reason why these numbers have gone up is that we've done a pretty good job of working with states that had done a poor job in the past in getting the word out about this program. States like California and Texas and Florida underperformed. We're now working with them to make sure that people who are eligible uh, get the benefits and therefore uh, help stimulate their local economy. Yay! Right on! You are part of the stimulus. If that's true, why don't you just, if it was one to eight, one point eight to one, I think, why don't you just throw every dollar into the, into that program well, and it'll crank he, things way up. He was talking about exciting announcements. So maybe, maybe he's going to, cr- he's going to crank it up. So More. what, what, where are we going to follow this exciting announcement? We know it's going to be a piece of crap that's going to either be, I mean, is there going to be some source for the announcement? Do you, do you know what the website is? I mean, what are we going to do here? Uh, let's look at JustGettingBy.com. Uh, Vilsack announcement set for 8.30 a.m. Tuesday. So it'll be this coming Tuesday, I believe, when he will be making this very exciting announcement. Okay, well, it'll be on C-SPAN, I'm sure. Yep. Exciting announcement. Very exciting. I, I, exciting. I it says it's exciting. Yeah, I can't. I am totally excited. And maybe, maybe we'll get on board. By the way, of course, it is J.P. Morgan who handles the food stamp program. They're excited. Yeah, we do, we do wonders with our money. I play the money wasted in Afghanistan clip. Ooh, I just removed it. Sorry about that. Here we go. This is about our money? Great. Building yeah, our money. Afghanistan have wound up in the hands of the Taliban. Criminal and local power brokers siphoned off millions more. The Associated Press reported today that a U.S. task force estimates, all told, some $360 million went astray. The report cites profiteering, bribery, and extortion. Awesome. Well, there you go. I can't wait to pay my quarterly California taxes. Yeah, that way you can go to the Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> so isn't that supporting terrorism? I don't know. I think somebody's got, you know, should be arrested. <sighs> anyway, I'm going to go in and take my lumps. I'm sure there's a couple waiting for me. Yeah, and they're well-deserved. <laughs> you're, th- you're showing off. Those of you who have supported the program, thank you very much. It is highly appreciated. Uh, it is the only way we can continue to just get by. And uh, in these summer months, believe me, we are just getting by. Um, and yeah. right. And I also want to remind people that we have a Rick Perry speech at the very end of the show here that you'll all appreciate. Yes. Rick Perry speech coming up. And uh, we will be leaving uh, Armonk, New York for uh, beautiful Hoboken, New Jersey tomorrow with the Hot Pockets 2009 to, uh, 2008 tour. Sorry. Whoops. I'm already preparing for next year. In and Europe. Thank you very much, Miss Mickey, for uh, keeping my sanity and for uh, producing the Hot Pockets tour. She's coming up, of course, with the No Agenda producer update right after this on the stream on No Agenda Stream. Coming to you from the Curry Greg Homestead here in Almark, New York. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I should remind people that in the San Francisco Bay Area, it's BART, not the Metro. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday right here for early morning service on No Agenda.
Dollar Freight Adjustment. Thank you to the Zybax. Nice program. Good set of cattle. Good J&B cattle right here. They're superior verified. They are natural, and they are black naturals right here. Hey, down, just weighing 420. Hey, they just brought them into the pen, sort of, got them where you can see them now, guys. They're running outside. They'll be little grazing things right here. Don't come set. September 1st, 3rd. Right here, boy, you talk about a little old set of cattle. Get it done. Now, they're weighing. And, 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 and they raised that base weight up to 450 on you. Eight, and, 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 you can take that to the bank. Adios, mofo. Dvorak.org slash N-A